0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The high Frequency Radio. I'm your host, L It is Tuesday, May 15th, 2018, broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia. Got a real good show lined up for you today. I'm going to go over some material for everyone. Uh, Creditors and their bonds. Um, I decided that, you know, I'm making videos and everything, and I decided to just do it in real time over the air. So today is going to be class. Class is in session, so spread the word. It is a uh, document that I hold very dear to my heart because, you know, I just feel like it, you know, just contains everything you need to understand these commercial processes that everybody is so interested in. So I'm going to use this as a template to guide me in narrating this show today on what I'm going to discuss. Um, It's quite lengthy, so I'm breaking it up in possibly three, maybe four shows. So it's going to be a series of shows where we're going to go over this. couple announcements to make um if you haven't yet check out the spc university website uh link is down in the description of this audio running a special you can join for five dollars for one day just to see how just to you know test it out on the silver membership level i'm offering that for one day so people can just Take a look and just see, you know, what what it is that we're offering over there. And you want to make sure you check out our YouTube uh, videos as well. I'm always putting up material on the YouTube video. Make sure you get over there and check that out as well. Okay. Getting situated here. Let's see where we're going to begin today. Make sure got everything right. Okay. Now. This is a document, if you don't know the story and you're new. I um, was first introduced to all of this uh, by some Moorish brothers of mine. Um, And, uh, you know, they were telling me about, you know, people used to talk about the fringe, the gold fringe on the flag and the jurisdiction of the court. And I didn't understand any of that. The first document that I ever read, and what is amazing to me is to this day I still think it's the best document, is a document called Creditors and Their Bonds. I don't think a lot of people understand it. It is not a very easy read. Um, If you don't understand administrative processes, um, discharge of debt, um, it contemplates that you've already have done a secured party process. So it doesn't contain any of that. This is something that you would utilize after you have uh, done your secure party process afterwards. Okay, so that's what this document is. Um, Like so many of the other well-written documents, it begins out with talking about spiritual matters. If you tuned in yesterday, you heard me talking about the law of attraction and cause and effect and all of that. And you're going to see that in law being discussed a lot. Once you get deep into the subject, um, mental powers and things of that nature. And that's how this document starts off. And, um, I don't know who the author of it is. Uh, this is where I got my four rules from. There is no money, public and private doesn't mix, stand in honor and all costs and do not participate in public controversy. And, um, It's about everything that I do still to this day. Essence or the principles that I operate on, a lot of it I learned from this particular document right here. So today I'm going to share my insights and give you an explanation. Once I get through with this, hopefully you will not have any more questions about what this particular document is talking about. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to narrate uh, narrate as I go through. So sit back relax, grab a drink, and get ready to go on a ride. We'll take you on a trip. All right. It starts off by saying it only hurts when I laugh, and that kind of uh, it goes into when you learn the truth about the nature of the commercial system, it is kind of funny at times, how simple it is. It's supposed to be simple. Um, the battles – that we are having with it is all mental. When you talk to individuals and say, oh, you know, I like I read something on my uh, uh, YouTube channel today and somebody said, well, you know, I sent something to the electric company and they said they don't recognize HGR 192. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, you thought that they were going to just come out and say they recognize and honor that. I mean, people's conception of this is so off base. It's funny. It's like, you know, it's like they're hiding something from you. Okay. They're hiding something. Let's get that out there right now. They're hiding something from you. All right. Nobody's going to come and say, this is the truth. Yes. You know, you, you found it or welcome to a new way of life. No one in the public is going to do that for you. Okay. This is about you reestablishing and reasserting who you are, uh, And understanding that they are public servants, that they are in bankruptcy, that they owe a debt to you, that you don't owe anything to anyone, and that you have a right to privacy, to live free and independent on this particular planet as the creator of the boundless universe intended. All right? So that's what this is all about. Okay? So it starts out with it only hurts when I laugh. Every effect has a cause. Every cause starts with a thought. Remedy starts by changing your thinking. Okay, now, you see me do a show called The Ultimate Remedy. Notice that the ultimate remedy is you have to change the way that you think. If you keep thinking the same way, you'll keep getting the same results. Okay? Everything is about cause and effect. I went into that at length yesterday. Okay? Cause and effect is a very important principle for you to understand. There is an entire the, the best treatise that you probably could read on it comes out of the Kabbalion, so you don't understand that. But you will see it in just about any type of spiritual circle, expressed in different ways, that the unlearned or the unperceptive will, sometimes it just goes over their head. But I'm here to teach you how to peep out these different um, principles and everything when they, when they crop up uh, in various matters. But let's talk about the law of cause and effect. Every action generates a force of energy that returns to us in like kind. What we sow is what we reap. And then that law of attraction also. And when we choose actions that bring happiness and success to others, the fruit of our karma is happiness and success. The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. And if you don't know who he is, he's a very popular author of many different books. On spiritual matters, and in all of his books, it contains the same thing that I see. Let's look at the next one. The laws under which we live operate to our advantage. All conditions and experiences that come to us are for our benefit. We gain strength in proportion to the effort expended. Our happiness is best attained through a conscious cooperation with natural laws. The laws under which we live are designed solely for our advantage, these laws are immutable and we cannot escape their operation. Difficulties, disharmonies, and obstacles indicate that we are either refusing to give up what we no longer need or refusing to accept what we require. All conditions and experiences that come to us do so for our benefit. Difficulties and obstacles will continue to come until we absorb their wisdom and gather from them the essentials of further growth. That we reap what we sow is mathematically exact. We gain permanent strength exactly to the extent of the effort required to overcome difficulties. And we're talking about, uh, and that's the Delphin system transforming the way the world thinks. Thinks. Notice how all of these authors are talking about the mind, okay? The mind. You're going to see this everywhere. You just haven't been paying attention. Okay, let's look at a random house dictionary definition. Effort. Deliberate exertion or physical or mental power, you have to give effort to think in a different way, which most people are too lethargic mentally to do that. Thinking in a different way is a laborious activity. It's no different than going to the gym and getting in shape. There's a to get in physical shape, you got to get your mind right. Let's look at some of the verses coming out of the Bible. Let's look at Proverbs 16, 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. And that is a deep verse. Commit thy works unto the Lord. Okay, now remember yesterday I was telling you about this word Lord. Replace that word Lord with law. Okay, and thy thoughts shall be established. Okay, if you understand the law, your thoughts will manifest for you. They'll be established. Look how they word things, you know, 4,000 years ago. Once you learn what the law is, you can come back and read it, and you can see what they were talking about. It's no longer confusion uh, in it or, you know, mysterious or kind of cloudy of or, or, what they're saying. Once you understand what the laws are, you can go back and see, man, golly, these guys were saying the same thing 4,000 years ago. Let's look at the next one. The Lord of hosts. Have sworn, saying, Surely I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Isaiah fourteen twenty four. Once again, we're talking about thoughts manifesting. Let's look at the next one. 16, 7 of Proverbs. Where man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Okay, that also, I Please the Lord means to come into harmony with the laws, and you uh, everything will be everything will start to become in order and harmonious in your life. Check it out. It's the way they said things. Uh, they said things differently four thousand years ago. Here's another one. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Galatians six seven. And here it is in your Bible. I can't understand why the Christians don't understand some of the things I'm talking about. There really isn't any difference between esoteric sciences and the things that are being discussed in the Bible. It's just the lack of understanding of certain principles that will reconcile those differences uh, for the layman. Let's look at another one. It says, an elder Cherokee Native American was teaching his grandchildren about life. He said to them, A fight is going on inside me. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One wolf represents fear, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other stands for joy, peace, love, hope, sharing, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, friendship, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person, too. They thought about it for a minute, and the one child asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. And this was a beautiful way the Native Americans expressed that whatever you focus on will manifest. Okay, you got these two wolves inside of you. All right, if you feed the one... That is for joy, peace, and love. That's what will manifest. That's the one that will win out in your life. If you feed the other, envy, sorrow, regret, those are the things that will manifest in your life. All of these different cultures understood this principle and expressed it in different ways. Very beautiful ways, I might add. I love this illustration. Let's go on to why do I have an exemption? You have an exemption because you have no money. There's a constitutional prohibition against paper money. A country, a state, has to have a name, people, boundaries, and money. If one of those elements is missing, there is no country. If Connecticut has no people, it is not a state. If it has no geographic boundaries, it is not a state. If it has no money, it is not a state. Look at the cause and effect. Why is there no money in circulation? Who had the authority to demand the money be given to the Federal Reserve Bank by May 1, 1933? The money is in trust for the people in the states. Okay? It is in trust. We're dealing with trust. And that's one thing I like about this document. It talks extensively about trust and bonds. Trust and bonds. So first, we're going to talk about what a constructive trust is. Okay, now a constructive trust is necessary when fraud is involved. In other words, there can be no unjust enrichment. And you'll see this when you read the definition of a constructive trust in a Black's Law Dictionary. Now, the compositions of a constructive trust is there is a trust corpus or a res, there is a trustee, and there is a beneficiary. Now. When we look at the public and private uh, chart, we see on one side of the chart we have substance, okay, in the private. Everything in the private is real, or what they would call substance. Everything in the public is false or fiction. They'll call it illegal fiction. So this is what this graph means. On the the, the, uh, private side, we have substance, people, and gold. Those are the things that are needed. Your substance is your labor. There are people. There's gold. Okay, On the public side, they use the word fiction for substance. They use the word persons instead of people, and they use paper money instead of gold. All right. They use all fictitious in, uh, type or made-up, man-made type uh, representations on the public side. All our substance is taken away, which is why there are people getting rich on this planet because they're still dealing that. They're dealing the commodities uh, of the planet and so forth, the food, the oil, the gas things of that nature, and the majority of people out there, they just deal with things that are insubstantial or uh, ephemeral or illusionary, okay? you got to get into what's real and get away from what's fake. All right, so let's look at it real quick. You have a trust corpus. In the trust corpus, the title to the gold, title to the land, and the title to any other, other thing that you can think of is placed in trust. Now they do this in bankruptcy, okay? Anytime you have bankruptcy, uh, everything is placed in the trust and they appoint a bankruptcy trustee. Okay, so the United States is in bankruptcy. This is not up for debate. We know it because it's on the public record. So if they're in bankruptcy, what got put into the bankruptcy? Okay, and who are they in bankruptcy to? Who are the creditors to the United States that required them to go into bankruptcy? Who do they owe this money to? Okay, who are their creditors? All right? Okay, and who is also the bankruptcy trustee? Okay, well, the trustee of the bankruptcy is the Secretary of the Treasury, okay? Which at this point is Steve Mnuchin, all right? He is the trustee of the bankruptcy. He is the point man for the bankruptcy. This is why you see everything going through the uh, Secretary of the Treasury, because what? That's what trustees do. Trustees pay bills. When you go into bankruptcy and they appoint a trustee, he's going to want to see all your bills. And if you're in a chapter, uh, a reorganization, they're going to reorganize everything so you can pay your bills if you're in a 13. And I think, what, if you're in a 7, that's a liquidation. And they're going to start selling all your assets to pay your bills. Well, the same thing is going on here in the United States. They are in bankruptcy. So the person who pays the bills is the trustee. The trustees always pay the bills. This is why you don't want to be a trustee in court, because they're expecting you to pay the bills, all right? So the bill has to be paid. And the person who pays the bill is the Secretary of Treasury. This is why, in your secure party process, everything is addressed to the Secretary of Treasury to pay your bills, because that's what they do in bankruptcy. They pay bills. Now, that should be easy enough to understand, all right? Now, what possession? Now, the possessions of substance are dirt, house, shoes, jewelry, coins, bread, uh, labor life. There's no money because they took the gold and silver away. And then we have possessions of fiction, which is a legal description. So you'll have a like a land description, and then you'll have a property description. They're two se- separate things, okay? You have a legal description. You got a receipt. Okay, they give you a certificate. They give you Federal Reserve notes. These are all the things that they do in the public, which is dealing with fictitious entities. On the private side or the substantial side or the real side, the real world side, we have things in our hand like jewelry, gold, coins, things that we own and possess. They try to get title to those things. They are looking for an ownership interest in those things. They don't want the things themselves. They want an interest in the thing so they can create value for themselves and operate in their fictitious world because that's what they do, trade paper. All right, so let's go on. It says you cannot pay, okay? You have people always saying, well, can I pay for this? You need to stay away from that word pay. You can't pay for anything because there isn't any money. But who can pay? He who has the gold pays the bills, and the person who has the gold is the government. The Treasury Department, the Secretary of Treasury, he has to pay the bills. So, to ultimately get something paid for, or in this case, set off to balance the books, okay, we have to go through the Treasury Department. Okay, this is what I mean. I hear people talking about Puerto Rico and all these different things, and I'm like, look, they're in bankruptcy, man. Think about this. This is why people need to learn trust law, okay? If they're in bankruptcy, there's a trustee appointed, and trustee is the one responsible for paying the bills of the bankruptcy. You'd have to direct everything to the trustee of the bankruptcy, and that has to be the Secretary of Treasury. He's the one that pays the bills. All right? You are exempt. Well, how are you exempt? You're exempt because you gave them the gold. They didn't give you anything. You gave them something. They demanded gold in 1933. We gave it to them. How are we going to give them the gold? And then they turn around and demand some other things from us. That doesn't make any sense. This is why I say if they took it from private people, okay, and they owe it back to private people. They couldn't just take it and with no, uh, no way of ever trying to give it back. Now, they changed laws. There's a... Um, a uh, uh, very good case that everyone should read. It's called Perry versus the United States. It goes into this a little bit, but this is the um, anytime you contract, there has to be some consideration. There has to be an exchange of either promises or performance or promise in exchange for performance. Okay. So we're talking about contract law. So they contract with us. They took our gold and silver. Well, what did they give us in return for that? What did they give us in return and the public, they gave you benefits and privileges. Okay, but in the private, they owe you your gold back. They got to give that back to you. Okay, so you owe me money in the private. Okay, so I am the creditor. I'm the person that that you owe the money back to. In the public, you created this fictitious entity, this legal, uh, uh, legal fiction entity, in all caps with my name, which is your creation, which makes it a debtor, which allows you to form charges against it, okay? In a bankrupt capacity, they cannot file charges against a real man or woman, all right? However, they're not filing charges against you. They're filing charges against your estate. They're leaning your estate, which is this all-caps name that they set up for you, this trust, and raiding it of its substance. This is what's going on, all right? Now, let's talk about an exemption real quick. Hold on real quick. Let me uh change something real quick out. <coughs> All right. Got some stuff I uh on my computer. I got to clear off real quick. All right, let's get back. Okay, so let's talk about an exemption. What is an exemption? Okay, an exemption is uh, freedom from duty or other requirement. And that comes out of Black 7th edition. All right, so we need to know what the definition of an exemption is. You're going to hear this word a lot. thing we need to know is we need to understand what a mistake is. Mistake, all right? Some unintentional act, omission, or error arising from ignorance, surprise, imposition, or misplaced confidence. A mistake exists when a person, under some erroneous conviction of law or fact, does or omits to do some act which, but for the erroneous conviction, he would not have done or omitted. It may arise either from unconsciousness, ignorance, forgetfulness, imposition, or misplaced confidence. Now, This is coming out of Black's Fourth Law Dictionary. Now, mistake is also in the UCC. They defined it for you. And that is under UCC 1-103. And you're going to see these are the supplementary general principles of law, which are applicable. And it reads, unless displaced by the particular provisions of this act, the principles of law and equity, including the law merchant and the law relative to capacity to contract, principal and agent, estoppel, fraud, misrepresentation, duress, coercion, mistake, bankruptcy, or other validating or invalidating cause shall supplement its uh, provisions. And we have to understand that these are equitable principles. And the reason why we're talking about mistake right now is that when you do your administrative process, you have to first of all uh, take into account that, well, they might not have done everything because there was a mistake. So this is why you give them an opportunity to cure their mistake or neglect in some kind of way, because these are contained in the UCC, all right? So let's go on. Now, can you get into trouble messing with these bills of exchange? Well, let's find out. You can get into trouble crossing the street. There are rules for crossing the street and rules for using a bill of exchange. This is why in my negotiable instruments webinar, I take you step by step through the United Nations Conference on International uh, Trade Law on Bills of Exchange and Promissory Notes, where we go through those articles so you can understand what you're doing. So you have to ask a question like this. You get in trouble for improper documentation, improper documentation. Now, let's look at what a bill of exchange is an unconditional order in writing by one person to another signed by the person giving it requiring the person to whom it is addressed to pay or demand or at a fixed or determinable future time, a sum certain in money to order or to bearer sometimes called a trade acceptance, also called a letter of exchange, written order from a to B to pay C. So we have, Now, one thing I want to point out is we want to go through bankers' acceptances and trade acceptances. There is a distinct difference uh, between those two terms. And we're going to go through that a little bit and talk about trade acceptance right now. A draft or bill of exchange drawn by the seller on the purchaser of goods sold and accepted by such purchaser. Okay, that's a trade acceptance. And a banker's acceptance uh, is when the uh, uh, purchaser Uh, 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 Issues the instrument I believe that's right Sometimes I get them mixed up But you need to look up trade acceptance And uh, banker's acceptance We need to know that We're getting our definitions out of the way right now Okay The next one is a negotiable instrument What is a negotiable instrument We find the definition of a negotiable instrument In UCC 3-104E Okay It says an instrument is a note if it is a promise, and it is a draft, if it is an order. If an instrument falls within the definition of both note and draft, a person is entitled to enforce the instrument may treat it as either. This is what is happening on mortgages and so forth. You're giving a promissory note to these people, and you're going to see that they're uh, going to type pay to the order of on there. Okay? It's either a promise Okay, it's a note if it is a promise, and it is a draft if it's an order. Well, a promissory note is a note. It's a two-party instrument. So why are they treating it as a draft? You've seen on your mortgages you get your promissory note is paid to the order of. Okay, a bill of exchange is a three-party instrument. A promissory note is a two-party instrument. Well, there must be something that you're not doing that is allowing them to treat it as either because it tells you right here And this is an important definition for you to read and understand because it's telling you right here, if an instrument fails, fail, okay, within the definition, I'm sorry, if the instrument falls within the definition of both note and draft, a person entitled to enforce the instrument may treat it as either. So there's something that we are failing to do to make a distinction in our instrument, whether it is a note or a draft. And when these people, this holder gets it in his possession he can elect to treat it as either one and in the in the case of mortgages they are electing to treat it as a draft paid to the order where they can take it somewhere and cash it which lends you hear a lot of people in mortgages say your mortgages were already paid for well there's your evidence right there some of you need to pull out some of your uh Get copies of uh, your uh, mortgages from these mortgage companies and look at it. A lot of them are stamped on the back, paid to the order of. Let's look at a letter of credit. Okay, now, credit instrument is a credit instrument issued by a bank. Now, you're going to see right here it has John in small letters because you are the bank. You are a private banker. Okay, So this credit instrument issued by a bank, you, guaranteeing payment on behalf of its customer, that would be your all caps name, to a beneficiary, the creditor, normally to a third party, the creditor, but sometimes to the bank's customer, the all caps name, for a stated period of time and when certain conditions are met. Letter substituting the bank's John's credit for the credit of another party, John. Now, in a document called What is Acceptance or Value, they explain this, and I put a video on my YouTube channel illustrating this for you. Okay, they are extracting credit from the private and bringing it over into the public to pay the public debt because the only substance of anything is in the private. Public and private don't mix. So they had to create these straw men. See, this is why— They talk about straw man arguments. It's so funny. This is why you have to understand the principle that public and private don't mix. If I'm a private man, then what is that entity in the public? It has to be some sort of fictitious entity or commercial entity. Their argument fails from the fact that when you understand the principles of what you're doing and they try to say, what is this straw man argument? It can be nothing else but a straw man. You're in the public. I'm in the private. But you got my name in all capital letters. What is this? What is this a representation of? Are you trying to say this is me? How is this me and I'm a private man and you're in the public? This is what you got to start kind of wrapping your mind around. Okay, understanding these principles. The, the, public and private don't mix. Okay, they don't have no authority over you per se. They have authority over everything that they create. And they didn't create you. Let's go on. Let's look at the definition of a bank in fourth edition of uh, Black's Law. It says an institution, usually incorporated, usually incorporated. It doesn't have to be incorporated. It's usually incorporated. All right? With power to issue notes intended to circulate as money, known as bank notes. It's circulating as money. Okay, and that's what the banks, we all know that's what the banks is doing. They're doing fractional reserve lending and so forth and circulating this currency and creating money and so forth. But you need to understand that banks aren't always incorporated. You have private banking as well. That's the point of that particular uh, definition. Let's look at the definition of banking. The business of receiving money, okay, charges on deposits. Receiving money is a charge. For instance, when you go into Black's Law 8th edition, you look up the word charge, you're going to look around the fifth or sixth sense of the word. It's going to say a lien means an obligation is owed. It's a commercial term. It's worth charge. Loaning money, notes, discounting notes, 100% discount, issuing notes for circulation, promissory notes, collecting money, exemption on noted deposits, H.R. 192, negotiating bills, acceptance, et cetera. Okay, and this is coming out of 4th edition, and what we are doing, what this is saying in essence, is that what we're going to be doing, we're going to be doing private banking. All right, everything that you're reading right here with these definitions, we're going to be involved in. So it's important that you understand that. Now, let's go over some rules real quick. Okay, there are rules to the game, all right, as far as when dealing with negotiable instruments. All right, so here are the written rules. Rule number one, it must be unconditional. You can't put any conditions on it. All right. Because that's what allows its negotiability. Number two, it must be in order as an order to pay. Number three, it must be in writing. Number four, it must be addressed to another. Okay, with well, a bill of exchange is a three party instrument, it has to be addressed to, to another person. Number five, it must be signed of a sum certain of money. And it's why you'll see on these bills of exchange paid to the order of the sum certain. All right. Those have to be on there. You got to understand when you're dealing with negotiable instruments, what makes it a negotiable instrument is they have to contain certain elements on there. That's why negotiable instruments come in all types and shapes and forms and variety. A lot of times you're putting your signature on something and not understanding that it is a negotiable instrument, like car contracts. They're negotiable instruments. So let's look at the unwritten rules real, real quick. Well, what are the unwritten rules? Well, rule number seven you must have authority to sign it. Rule number eight you must have assets sufficient to back it. I tell people that all the time, With the, that's why you're putting a bond on file. People want to use bills of exchange and there aren't any assets backing it. Okay, assets have to back a negotiable instrument. In the case that we are using, what the asset that is backing our negotiable instruments are our labor. Labor is everything. Number nine, it must be dated. You always have to put a date on a negotiable instrument. Number 10, it must be a dollar for dollar, some certain exchange. There has to be an exchange there because there has to be a set-off. We're dealing with set-off. So you have to use the exact amount. That's why you ask for payoffs and things of that nature. All right. Number 11, it must apply to an existing public debt. A lot of people, you know, somebody came at me and said, well, you know, if somebody private owes me some money, can I just said, no, you can't. OK, it has to be an existing public debt. Notice the word existing. OK, people will go and try to create debt and then try to discharge it. You have people coming up with these ideas all the time. And that's dishonorable. And that's not what you're supposed to be doing with these processes. Going out, you know what, I've just found out I can uh, discharge debt. I'm going to go out and create some debt and then discharge it. Now, what you're doing is undermining the system. Okay, this process is put out to uh, uh, free you from the shackles of servitude, which is, which is debt, which is debt, which everybody's in. in. You're not going to go right back into debt and then you know, try to come back and use the process to get out again. As a matter of fact, they have barriers for all of this. So let's go. It says it must be non-cash item. It is not collectible. It is prepaid. It is an accrual item, always a zero balance, double entry bookkeeping. It must have a letter of credit to go with it. Know how to go all the way, just like crossing the street. Okay, and that is important. That last part, know how to go all the way. A lot of people are unsuccessful with their uh, processes because they don't complete their processes. They don't go all the way. Don't make idle threats if you're going to sue somebody soon. Y'all know all of this. So let's look at what else. Can we get in trouble for something else? Can we get in trouble for filing a UCC-1 against your straw man? Well... You can get into trouble for filing a false or fictitious claim. Okay, if your claim is not false, there is no foundation for a false claim charge. If you had no intent to file a false claim, there is no foundation for a criminal penalty. If the claim is be, uh, is considered to be fictitious, you should have documentation to back up your filing. Cause equal choice not to document the support for the for the claim affect false filing charge all right in other words this is why we have all these secure party processes and everything is you have to document yourself and dealing in commerce to support your claims if you don't have any this is why you ask for receipts and different things like that you know where's your documentation that's going to support your claim if you don't have the proper documentation if you didn't follow the correct procedures then you could open yourself up for being charged by public officials and and receive criminal penalties for such. I'm alluding to, if you haven't picked up right now, people out there going and trying to put liens on judges and things like that, and they didn't conduct their process all the way properly. Just something to think about. Okay, let's go on. Fictitious, fiend, imaginary, not real, false, not genuine, not existent This is Black's fourth edition. Now, what parties go on the UCC-1 form? Well, you have the debtor spot, which is the all-caps name, must have name, address, and designate organization or individual, and sometimes have a number. Secured party in Illinois, both parties must be in cap- all capital letters. On the UCC1s in Illinois, they make both the parties uh, put everything in capital letters. All right? Now, the form must designate collateral and establish a value, but not necessarily a sum certain. In other words, where is your collateral at? This is what the collateral description is about, okay? These are all your things of value that give life to your bond. Okay? and uh your form must be supported by a security agreement of some sort. You need a security agreement. All right? You have been signing for the debtor since it was created. You've already been doing all of this. And when you sign for the debtor, you are wearing an authorized representative hat. It has to be that way. Because the all-caps name, you see this on your checks. If you look at the check on your personal checks, you'll see that line is a very miniature, microscopic line. It's not a line at all. They are a series of words that say AUTHORIZED SIGNATURE. They're the authorized representative. And they put your name in all caps on your checks. Now let's go on. It says, can't a man be a secured party on a UCC1 form without being a fiction? You hear some people saying that when you file the UCC1 in the public, you know, you're giving or you're contracting with them. You're giving. I mean, these people make all these ridiculous claims without foundation. I'm like, what are you talking about? A UCC1 is a notice, man. You're giving people a notice. What are you talking about? you giving them the property and all this. It's a fucking notice. What are you talking about? It goes on. Some say yes, and some say no. Okay, can a man become a secure party on a, U- on a UCC1 form without being, uh, being a fiction? Some say yes, and some say no. It is not the form that is the controlling document. It is the security agreement. You can contract with yourself. Uh, you, cannot contra- uh, you can't contract with yourself is a maxim of law. But you can sign the security agreement in different capacities, one being the trustee of the debtor, trust, and the other being you. This could be considered to be self-dealing, but can be overcome. Self-dealing is something that you deal with in trust that you want to avoid. But I can be overcome as there are no contravailing uh, contravailing equities that could uh, serve equally to fulfill the intent. And balance the respective obligations. Now, this is something that's very important for you to understand because the question of you filling out these UCC 1 forms as your all caps name and the lower caps name, and then you go going to the UCC filing office and they're refusing to file it, which, by the way, is only they'll hand you some paperwork. If you read it, it's an attorney general opinion. What they're telling me is you got to sue them. Uh, a black clerk said that here in Georgia. said, You know, why are you not, y'all not doing X, Y, and Z? He said, Look, because they you know she said sue us these people are telling us not to do this and when they tell us not to do it we don't have no choice but not to do it so the only way you can you can get them get at them is you have to sue them and i think these people need to be sued down at these ucc divisions on refusing to file this paperwork and my question would be well if this is nonsensical if this has no uh, value if it doesn't affect you in any way then you know why y'all want to allow the ucc one filings What's the problem? All right. The security agreement should identify at least some of the collateral specifically. Okay. You cannot have any general descriptions on, on your security agreement, like all property that belongs to the debtor belongs to the secure party. You can't do that. It tells you right in the UCC you can't do that. Okay. You, don't, you do not argue with filing officers. There are six filing UCC regions. There are six. You can file somewhere else. And you can file in any state in the region where you want to do the filing. Now, John can be owed money by the debtor even if the debtor is unable to pay. John is substance. The debtor is fiction. The registry at the Secretary of State is both in the Republic and in the nation, the debtor has no means to pay John, even if the uh, debtor receives public payment for work that John does, not be, uh, that John does um, on behalf of the debtor or for an employee. Let me stop right here and think about this. Notice what he said: that there is no, the debtor can't pay. You know, the private person even money when they give you Federal Reserve notes and that not, they supposed to give you back gold and silver. This is what private people use but they try to hand you some paper which you can't do anything really with if you're living totally in the private like everything I do is in the private man I need gold and silver I don't need this commercial script
2: that's
1: how they get down let's go let's go on it says the debtor has no means to pay John even if the debtor receives public payment for work that John does on behalf of the debtor for an employer. Every service John has supplied to the debtor since John's birth has been done without payment, but not without expectation of payment. And this is where you're the creditor. Okay, ever since you were born, you've been doing work and you haven't been getting paid. You haven't been getting paid with your labor. They've been giving you Federal Reserve notes. This is why I say you got to read this Perry versus the United States case, because it's kind of touches on some of the things I'm talking about right now. And giving me Federal Reserve notes is not paying me. What you're doing is you're giving me some sort of script and allowing me to operate in the public and commerce by moving debt around because Federal Reserve notes are debt paper, okay? But when somebody is supposed to get paid for something, they're supposed to get paid for it in substance, okay, in some sort of substance. If I'm a private person and I'm outside of the public, you shouldn't be throwing uh, tr- uh, no one in the public should be trying to throw uh, private Federal Res- uh, uh, Reserve notes at you at all. Understand this principle, and I see people coming into the. Uh, hold on, let me take a call real quick. a 5259 842- or eight four three. You on the line? One, 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 one. What's up, user? Hey, what's happening? I see you had your hand up. What's going on? no, what
3: You just doing
1: a phone check, or you, you ready for Q&A? Nah, I'm going to do Q&A after this. I'm doing a phone check, making sure y'all following along.
3: Yeah, 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 I'm following along. Just uh, make sure you just get back at me, please. I got, I got, okay, a, I will. I, got a, uh, I appreciate it,
1: brother. Okay, Bye. all right. All right. Continue, all right. I want to get through this It's going to get more interesting as we go along Right now we're get we just getting some principles And laying some foundation down For you to understand what's going on all right? Why you are a creditor How are you, have you become this creditor Why there has to be some expectation Of return of payment for the taking of the gold? Why they're offering you benefits and privileges To get you to contract with them So they can have control over you All right, it says the debt is paid to pay the real living soul has resulted in an account payable in favor of the real living soul. That's what the ten forty-one lien form. Cause the all caps John taxable activities effect tax return is due. Cause John supplied labor and has not been paid. Effect there's a deduction for the accounts payable. If you understand this, you understand what the ten forty one And the 1099 OIG, people get money back, all right, because uh, it's the all-caps name that owes the tax, but it's you, the private person, that performed the labor for the all-caps name that didn't get paid in your private capacity. So there's this play, this dance that's going on of public-to-public, private-to-private, and private-to-public, okay? Public-to-public is nothing but the land of debt. Your all caps name is in the public and he's dealing with other public entities and they deal in fictitious paper. And then we got a private to private type relationship where two private people come to interact with each other and they can use anything they want as money. They can trade. They can barter, They can use gold and silver. Okay, it is contract makes the law in that particular case. They can make a decision or decide or make an agreement how they want to conduct business with each other. That's what two private people do. But now. When we have private and public overlapping and interacting with each other, okay, what you have is uh, uh, the private being in the position where something is owed to them, and then in the public, you have a fictitious entity, which is their all-caps name, okay, and the government. The government, when they place a charge, they don't place a charge against you. They place it against your all-caps name because it's their creation and it's in the public. And in this case, we're talking about the Social Security number. Hopefully, everybody followed me on that. Now, let's keep going. on. Let's go on. It says, by filing the public form in the public registry, uh, the real living soul could be considered to be a fiction also. But if there is no other way to give public notice of the debt that is owed to John, this is a choice out of necessity. And that's what you're doing. It's the doctrine of necessity. Okay, out of necessity, you know, their requirements. if there is property encumbered, there's a requirement that it be put in the UCC. So out of the doctrine of necessity, I have to put my name in these all caps up here in the debtor heading, and then in my Christian appellation of my name in the lowercase uh, 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 section, okay, in the creditor section, okay? You have not been paid. Think about that. Okay, and that's why everything is prepaid, because they owe you money, they can't charge – how they gonna are they going to ask you to pay them for something, and they took the gold and silver away? And they have the gold and silver. They're required to pay. You don't pay for anything. All right. Filing a UCC1 equivalent form in France would not make a German oh, – Or well, hold on. By filing the public form in the public registry – Uh, the uh, The real living soul could be considered to be a fiction also, but if there is no other way to give public notice of the debt that is owed to John, the real living soul, this is a choice out of necessity. Filing a UCC1 equivalent form in France would not make a German creditor a Frenchman. It would just put the claim into the jurisdiction of France. And what they're saying right here is a lot of people, they say earlier, when you file this, you become this. No, it doesn't. Just because I filed a piece of paperwork into the public doesn't make me into a public entity. I'm a private man. Just like if your ex-wife take the children and go marry another man and try to pretend like that man is the father of them children, that's a fiction. The children have your blood in it ain't no ain't no piece of paper or anything they could ever do that would ever change that. It ain't happening so all you women out there doing that quit dreaming not happening sometimes I think these women be off mentally sometimes when they try to do things like that, but it goes on it says u c c one gives public notice that the secure party has a commercial claim, but not that it is in commerce, okay. A UCC-1 gives public notice that the secured party has a commercial claim, but but not that it is in commerce, okay? Not that I'm operating in commerce. I just got a claim. And that's what you say when you go into court. If anybody says anything to you, do you have a claim against me? Do you know anyone who does have a claim against me? I direct the the judge to instruct the prosecutor, okay, to provide, uh, you know, uh, the audit trail of all claims that he has against me and to put it into the record so I can take uh, this opportunity right now to examine it. And when you're in court, they're going to try to act like they don't know what you're talking about, but they do know what you're talking about because there's a commercial venue, and they know it's a commercial venue. They know it's a commercial court. It's an Article I court. They understand that the legislature has only been delegated a certain amount of powers. In the case of the federal government, it's under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3 of the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 9, and Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. This is what's going on. Okay, right now, y'all, I gotta take a quick break real quick. So I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play some music for you real quick. It's not gonna be long. All right, I'm not gonna be going long. I'm only gonna be going for a uh, just for a quick second. So stay tuned, and I'll be back after this commercial break.
0: Yeah,
4: check it, man. Yeah. Give you some of this, man. Let's hold her in due course. Real quick, check it. Yeah. Holder in due course, in commercial law, a holder of an instrument, who took it for value in good faith, and without notice of any claim or defense against it, UCC 3-302. And who can enforce an instrument free from all claims and personal defense, UCC 3-305. This is what you do if you living in New York, DBA 130, hold her in due course, in the temple make a prayer with my shoes off, rule 17, I'm hold holder in due course, this is what you do if you living in New York, DBA 130, hold her in due course. In the temple making prayer with my shoes off. Rule 17, I'm the holder in due course. Once upon a time, I was issued a fine. Yeah. Thinking in my mind, I wasn't focused on time. Uh-huh. The cop gave me a ticket and told me to go to court. Yeah. I was in my thoughts and saying it was a fraud. Right. Authenticated my library certificate and claim that yeah. I'm the only one that can write a check off the name. You know? Common law copyrighted my DBA. In this back by a bar called the GSA All this property I got, they try to scheme on it But tell the sheriffs that I put a lien on it They hating on this land with the trees on it I arrested the trucks, then I put the deed on it I wanna live in peace, but I can use force It's cutthroat living when you in New York the agent on the stand, one we in the court, but he's not really the holder in due course. This is what you do if you're living in New York. DBA 130 holder in due course. In the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off. Rule 17, I'm the holder in due course. This is what you do if you're living in New York. DBA 130 holder in due course. In the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off. Rule 17, I'm the holder in due course. Got a mortgage loan, I discharge it yeah. Without following the chapter 11 I'm trying to make connections And pass a message to my people Cause the mortgage over 5 years, man, is illegal right. It's a crown in the fee simple estate right. Rule 17, I'm coming in as the G yeah. Open the books up when they dusty yeah. Got a 3% interest for my trustees huh. Held a meeting with the chancellor right. Got a 9-8 for my son, the grantor yeah. Pushing all this paperwork, my hands sore. I don't make a contract with a landlord. Business on the private side, I'm foreign. I don't go to court and entertain the argument. I'm above the hypocrites and jargon. Now the prosecutor trying to make a bargain. Hoping I don't call upon the cavalry. Cause we can go to the ocean and deal with Amethyst. While I'm making prayer with my shoes off, endorsing all these instruments, the right. holder in due course. Yeah. This is what you do if you're living in New York. DBA 130, holder in due course. In the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off. Rule 17, I'm going holder in due course. This is what you do if you're living in New York. DBA 130, holder in due course. In the temple, make a prayer with my shoes off. Rule 17, I'm the holder in due course.
1: Yeah. Those are the kind of lyrics that you should be kind of like pumping in your car and committing to memory right there. Shout out to those brothers. That was a great. You know, I get people who send me music all the time and uh, you know, I'll hey, I'll spin it, you know, if it's
2: good, you know.
1: But anyway, let's get back. What we're going to talk about now, we're going to discuss our all loans fraud. You know, I got somebody on my YouTube page trying to break down to me that it's all fraudulent. It's always interesting. I've been doing this 14 years, and I get people all the time, you know, new individuals trying to educate me on what's really going on. As if I haven't heard this, like, you're uh, number 1,245,365 who've made that statement to me. I've heard it before. Uh, There isn't anything I haven't heard before. I haven't heard anything, anything anybody's doing in any of these uh, forums or anything. Nothing that I've seen is new. I've seen them try to put it in a different box and put a different ribbon on it, but it's nothing new. So we're going to discuss here, are all these loans fraud? Fraud. Let's look at the definition of fraud. An intentional – remember we say intent. That's the thing you have to prove about fraud that is difficult to prove is mens rea, criminal intent. What were your intentions? Can you say that they intended to defraud you when they put everything in the public record, they publish everything? An intentional perversion of truth, a perversion of the truth. It's an, you intentionally pervert the truth. That's what fraud is. For the purpose of inducing another in reliance upon it to part with some valuable thing, belonging to him or to surrender a legal right, a false representation of a matter of fact, whether by words or by conduct, by false or misleading allegations, or by concealment of that which should have been disclosed which deceived and is intended to deceive another so that he shall act upon it to his legal injury. Wow, that was a beautiful definition of fraud. We get that out of Black's Fourth Edition Law Dictionary. Now we know what fraud is. Well, let's look at the definition of lend. What does it mean to lend? It means to put out to hire or compensation. To lend okay you're going to lend your labor to someone okay the now is this fraud well the answer depends on where you are going to make your stand like some people choose to make the stand that it's going to be fraudulent now this is going to get i'm already going to tell you what we're going to get into we're going to get into the fact that you're not supposed to be arguing so people who claim fraud. You know, I kind of question sometimes on my YouTube page when people post things like that, I'm wondering if it is an agent. Because the people who post it, go on my YouTube page and look at the people who post certain things, and you'll notice that they don't have a picture. They've made up a a fake uh, profile, and then they're coming in trying to sway you. Well, this is fraud. You need to go in there and argue fraud. No, I don't need to go in there and argue anything. One thing that when you become experienced with this, you're going to notice that they are always going to try to get you to argue because the arguing is the territory of attorneys. Attorneys love to argue. And when you argue something, that is called a traverse and it breathes life into something that can now be adjudicated in a bench trial or a jury trial. Because if facts are in issue, then that means we got to have a fact finder to find out what the truth is. But when there is an agreement of the parties, then there isn't anything to argue about. There's no need for a trial. There's no need for anything. So understand that fact. There's a very important fact for people to understand. So if you want to go in there and prove fraud, you can do that. But it's very difficult to prove fraud. Very, very difficult to do. And you're going into their territory when you do that. And the superior man stays within his own domain. That's the maxim. The superior man, if you're private, you remain in the private. There's a definition. You, get it, you can pull out a Black's Law 8th edition, and you can look up the definition of public figure, and it'll tell you that someone who voluntarily participates in a public controversy. They just brought you into the public. You've granted jurisdiction, you've made an appearance. That's why do you think they call it an appearance? Private people coming in there, you're appearing. You were invisible at first. Now you suddenly appear. This is why they can't that's why they can't see you or talk to you until you appear. Remember, public and private do not mix. Okay, so let's look at some of your options. If you're going to use the acceptance method of settlement, no, there is no fraud. It is just business in a system that has no money. All right? You're doing business in a system that has no money. They're not defrauding you. This is how you do business in a system where there is no money. If you're going to use a conditional acceptance and dispute the procedure, there may be fraud. The procedural discovery will expose the wrongdoing without having to charge fraud. And this is what an abatement is. When you utilize an abatement, an abatement they call it a dilatory tactic, but what it goes into it, it attacks the procedures that are being used, and some sort of incorrect procedure. If the procedure is not proper, you abate the process and make them go over from the beginning and start over. And from there, that discovery process will reveal the fact that, hey, you've been doing, you know, you didn't do the correct thing. When you do the correct thing, it may reveal additional facts and bring them to light that are to your benefit because there has to be some reason why they're skipping certain steps for a reason. Okay, so what is your other option? If you're going to straight-out dispute the debt, you will have to claim fraud. Fraud involves intent, which is difficult to prove. The one who claims the presence of fraud bears the burden of proof. The burden of proof is on he who asserts, not he who denies. That is a maxim of law. The onus is called the onus probandi. That is the uh, Latin term for onus probandi, O-N-U-S, probandi, P-R-O-B-A-N-D-I. The onus probandi is on he who asserts. If you assert fraud, then yes, you you got to prove it. And it's not an easy task. We don't want to go the difficult route. We want the easy route. So let's look at this acceptance method, okay? We're going to talk about that. There are no loans without the man's credit or without your signature. No loan can come into existence unless somebody signs something. Cause. Man's intent to use his credit effect equals a loan. That's the cause and effect. When you express your intent to use your credit, you are loaning. This is what everybody's talking about. You're loaning them something. You're giving them something to use in commerce. They don't have – if they don't give you a signature, there's no paper that they can circulate around as money. Commerce comes to a halt if there are no signatures on documents. You need to meditate on that. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that you know it took me some time. I kept hearing this thing, there is no money. A lot of you in, uh, using your intellect can understand that statement. But to really get a deep understanding of it, you know, it's going to require a little study where one day you're going to have an epiphany. I remember I had my epiphany. I was in a law uh, library and I looked up from the law book and I said, wow, there really is no money. There really isn't any money. The man puts his credit into the form of a note, which is a promise. The man loans his credit note to the borrower, which is your all-caps name, John. Once again, I'm going to refer you to what, it, what does acceptance for value mean by Byron Beers, where he gets into this, and he illustrates this, how this credit comes from the private into the public, through your straw man. This is why they call the straw man a transmitting utility. What it is transmitting, it is transmitting something from the private into the public, which is your commercial energy, your labor. That is why it is termed a transmitting utility. Your energy is being transmitted from the private into the public for public use to pay the national debt because they are in bankruptcy. And everything they do has to go toward paying the national debt. That's what happens in bankruptcy. The bar loans the man's credit note to the title company. You're loaning something to them. The mortgage company converts the credit note promise into a draft, an order. The mortgage company deposits the draft at its bank, thereby loaning the man credit note to the bank. Now, think about this. I want people to think. I want you to look at your promissory note on your mortgage, and I want you to pull a $20 bill, Federal Reserve note, out of your pocket, and look at that. They are both promissory notes. There is no appreciable difference between the two. It is a promissory note. Go look up the definition of a promissory note. You take your $20 bill to the bank and deposit it, and they have to give it back to you. Why is it when you give somebody your promissory note at a closing table, you don't get it back? It tells you in Title 31, that a closing table is a bank. It's a financial institution. When you look up the definition of financial institution, you're making a deposit, and it's supposed to give you a receipt. This is where the misdirection is coming in is people not understanding what negotiable instruments are. There is no difference between a $20 bill, which is a promissory note and the promissory note you sign at closing. You're making a deposit in both instances. You are loaning somebody something and they are using it. When you loan your $20 bill to the bank, they fractionalize, uh, they fractionalize it and then make loans off of it. You're helping them. They're not helping you. But as long as you think in your mind that you're that all-caps name, well, you do owe them something. If this is if this is your state of mind, that that all-caps name on that paper is me, well, you are a debtor. You are admitting that you're a creation of the United States. You're signing affidavits attesting to this fact. you got to understand, in the public, okay? facts appear as agreements all right they're not gonna they're not just gonna sit by well we know you're a real person they do know you're a real person but that's not how the system operates how the system operates is well on this piece of paper that you sign you're giving the impression that you're something else this is why in the ucc it tells you that you have to qualify your signature i posted on the SBC university website an article that teaches you how to sign your name without liability. You need to go over to the SBC University website. There is a link in the description. Click on it and go over there. Join for free. I am offering right now for a limited time your opportunity to join at the silver level for 5 You can go at $5. You can go in there and look around on the silver level for one day. Look at all the videos. Do whatever you want to do. And if you decide to remain a paying member, you can. If you want to counsel, you can do that as well. So that is an option for you. $5. All right? In other words, basically all the videos I've ever made will be available to you. All right? So let's keep going. The bank now has possession. The man's asset, which is his credit note, that's your asset. You're the issuer. That's your asset. You issued that. They're holding it for you. You're the holder in due course. They are the holder. As a holder in due course, you have a claim, a right, a possessory interest in the instrument or its proceeds. Okay, you need to look at the definition of holder due course in UCC 3-302 and claims to an instrument and UC, uh, and recoupment, UCC 3-305 and UCC 3-306. The mortgage company writes a check from the account holding the man's credit to the title company. The title company writes a check to the seller, and keeps the rest to cover its cost, which are fees, okay? So here is what is going on. And you have to understand what is going on, how you are the creditor, how it all begins also with you understanding what an issuer or a drawer is. Because when you read all these documents, like 1099 OIDs and things like that, it's telling you this, you're the issuer, and what rights the issuer has. But it also tells you how you have to give notice of your status of holder in due course. This is why you always put your negotiable instruments on a UCC three. All of them will be on a UCC three. You're going to see this in creditors and their. Bo- you're going to see a process in creditors and your bonds you've never seen before. It's the most thorough process I've ever seen. Very thorough. So we have the passage of the asset, which is your credit note, or just the credit which you're loaning out. And what they are giving back to you is an obligation to the principal lender, original jurisdiction. What the original jurisdiction is in the republic or in the private side. They owe an obligation to you. You are the principal lender. In the private, you're the principal. All right? It's owed back to you. Now, so you're going to see right here, man, borrower, title company, mortgage company, bank. So it goes from the man to the borrower. From the bar to the title company, from the title company to the mortgage company, from the mortgage company to the bank. And then what the bank does is they send it back from the bank to the mortgage company. To the, They send you a check back from the bank to the mortgage company to the title company to the bar, and eventually it's supposed to come back to you. You're the holder in new course. You're the point of origin. You're the star in which all this revolves around. You are God. In God, we trust. They put it on all the money. What are they talking about? Title company. All right. From the bank to the mortgage company title, and then they pay their costs. Now, who has the asset at the beginning? These are the questions you have to ask yourself. Who has the asset at the beginning? Who has the asset at the end? Was the asset intended to be given with no expectation of return? Okay, that is an important question, because remember, they used to always give you all your checks back. I have a friend. He does uh, commercial real estate. They still give their uh, checks back, their promissory notes back. But all of a sudden, they're not giving you your promissory notes back anymore. I wonder why. Was there some expectation of no return of that instrument? Did you kind of express that? Or was there some sort of implication from your conduct that you didn't desire to have your instrument back? Or did you expressly state or give some sort of notice to these people that you intended to have your instrument returned to you? If you're The way that you give notice, and it tells you that in UCC3, it also tells you that the filing of a UCC3 doesn't constitute notice. You have to send it to them. You have to send it to them. I'm going to read this for you real quick. Let's look at UCC3-302. Uh, Holder in due course. When we go down there to subsection B, it tells you notice of discharge of a party other than discharge in an insolvency proceeding is not notice of a defense under this section. And then we have A, but discharge is effective against a person who became a holder in due course without notice of discharge. Public file. Now, right here, this is what I want you to see, that last sentence. Public filing or recording of a document does not of itself constitute notice of a defense claim and recoupment or claim to the instrument okay so just because you filed the ucc a lot of people are under that impression because they don't read the ucc this is why when you look on my negotiable instrument it will tell you that your ucc3 has to accompany this instrument wherever it goes it says it on the document that a ucc3 is attached to this instrument That is your notice to all subsequent holders of that particular instrument that you have a claim to it, and it is yours. And the claims to the instrument would be in UCC 3-306, which says a person taking an instrument other than a person having the rights of a holder in due course is subject to a claim of of a property or possessory right in the instrument or its proceeds, including a claim to rescind a negotiation And to recover the instrument or its proceeds, a person having rights of a holder in due course takes free of the claim of the instrument. In other words, if a holder, in other words, if you give your instrument to someone and they don't have notice that you are, that you have a claim to the instrument, then they can become the holder in due course. And you can't issue any claims against them, and claim and recoupment or anything like that. It's just like if you find a $20 bill on the ground. Once you find the $20 bill, you're the holder in due course of that instrument. But if you find a twenty dollar bill on the ground and there's a piece of paper attached to it and say this is John Jones's twenty dollar bill and he lives at such and such address and here's my phone number, you need to return this to me if you have it. Okay, well he has a claim to it. And, he, and if he knows you have it in your possession, he can assert a claim against you and drag you into court and show, hey, I'm the holding the course. He has to return this to me. It's mine. But if there's no notice on the $20 bill, when I find it on the ground, I'm not subject to any of that. You have to give notice. A gentleman always gives notice. Always gives notice. All right. So let's continue. Who has the liability? Who is the principal? Who is the agent? These are questions that you have to ask yourself when you're dealing and as You need to write those down and see if you can answer those questions. That's a good exercise for you to participate in. It's going to be on my SBC University uh, course as well. Uh, it's going to be a course over there that you can take where you are quizzed on all of these things. This is why you get into university so you can study. Those of you who are really interested in learning this stuff and not just want to file paperwork. All right, let's look at the word compensation. This is an interesting term that you may not realize has additional meanings other than what you think it means. This is one of those words. This is a good illustration of why you should always look up words. Compensation. The full scope of the principle of compensation is not addressed in Black's Law Dictionary as well as it is in a law dictionary adapted to the Constitution and laws of the United States of America and the several states of American Union by Bouvier, which defines and explains the word compensation as follows. You know, so, And this is also another illustration how you got to get all the dictionaries because blacks don't address compensation at all. They, they skipped over it. But Judge Bouvier, he addressed it and giving you what it means. It says, contract civil law, When two persons are equally indebted to each other, there takes place a compensation between them, which extinguishes both debts. Compensation is therefore a reciprocal liberation between two persons who are creditors and debtors to each other, which liberation takes place instead of payment and prevents a circuity. And security means unnecessary litigation. All right, so here you got an excellent definition of set off. This is what this is. Compensation and set off are the same thing. There's some slight differences between it, but this is what you're doing. All right? You are the creditor in the private. In the public, you're a debtor. Okay? In the public, they are a creditor. In the private, they are a debtor. So, right here, it says when two people are creditors and debtors to each other, okay? How could that happen? How can you be creditors and debtors to each other at the same time? That's the only way that it could happen. How can you be a creditor and debtor at the same time and the United States be a creditor and debtor at the same time? It's this play of public and private. This is the compensation that is being discussed. In the public, the straw man is a debtor. The straw man owes something to the United States and he will be the creditor. But in the private, the, cre- the, the United States is the debtor, and you as the private man, you're the creditor because you're the one who gave the gold to the United States. See the United States, but so they couldn't charge you because you can't issue a claim when you're in bankruptcy, especially against the person who gave you money. okay? They had to issue a claim. okay, how can you say I owe you money when I gave you money? That's ridiculous. How can the United States say you owe them anything? We the ones gave you the gold, man. What are you talking about? I owe you something. They understand that. So they had to create a fictitious entity and make that fictitious entity owe them something. This is another example of why we know there's a straw man. Once you understand what has went down, it's easy for you to understand the game that they're playing. Okay, I'm going to pause right here. And I'm going to go to the phone lines now. I'm going to continue this tomorrow. Okay. We're going to take up back off from compensation tomorrow and continue this. We're going to go through this entire document because I don't want anybody making any excuse of not understanding what this document is talking about. I've read it a million and one times. And I'm going to make sure that y'all understand what is going on. The phone lines are open. You can call in. The number is 424-222-5250. Just press number one on your phone, and I'll open up the line. Let me get back to my brother up in New York. He said he wanted me to get back to him. What's going on, brother? How can I help you? What's going on?
3: What's going on, brother? I I'm, I, I hit a wall trying to uh, – I'm not even going to say a door process. Man, I understand the store, man. I'm different, you know, from the entity. I, I get that. These people – um, I'm just gonna give you a quick background. I caught a court of charge, 2004, and I was trying to get some rights back. I'm not even gonna say it on the air, but I'm sure you understand. I was trying to get some yeah, rights I, back.
1: I understand. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear yeah. you now. Go ahead. All
3: right. So I contacted a corporal here in my state. They told me I can get. I, I pleaded guilty. And he he gave me some insight on what I can do. He said I can contact the state's attorney and get them to reduce it uh, from a felony down to a misdemeanor and then go back and try to expunge it. When I contacted archives, because the case has been so old, they're telling me there's nothing they can do. So I contacted the state's attorney, and they said they can't reverse the decision because it's a guilty plea, and I understand that that's a contract. My question is, I'm looking at the procedures in the state. It's and it's like it's nothing they will allow outside of me arguing that fact of what you're speaking about
1: now, that I'm not. Okay, well, don't, why don't you try this? This is what I want you to do. I want you to look at your criminal record as a credit report. Okay. Okay. Contact contact the FBI. You're going to have to do a freedom of information request and get a copy okay. of of your record. Okay. And okay. then you're going to go to the Treasury Department. Okay, look at the Treasury Department as the credit bureau, okay? Okay. I want all these negative uh, reporting off my credit report, okay, because these are evidences of accounts that are still open where a debt is owed on it, and you want to discharge. Now, they have on on my website, SBC University, there is a bond. You go to the bond section. There's a bond that Mm -hmm. addresses this specifically. A lot of people have— um, a lot of new people don't understand what it's for, but uh, all of us uh, that has been around a while, we know what it's for. It's exactly for that particular uh, situation because how those are going to be – got to understand it's all commercial. So if it's something that's right. still on a negative mark on your credit report, it's showing that it's something is still owed on there, okay? What you have to do is go to the Treasury Department and tell them to settle and close those accounts. Settle and okay. close those accounts. Okay. And that bond is called a. Uh, let me see. Let me pull it up. Uh, pull it up for you real quick. It's called a. I appreciate uh, that, brother. Uh,
5: let me pull it up real for you real quick. Um, let me find
3: it. Oh, Why are you doing that? I just, a, I just want to say like. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you gonna say?
3: No, that that right I was trying to get back. I I didn't made one of my own. You see what I'm saying? So it it has nothing oh, to okay. do with any any steel company and, 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 you know, who owns the steel company, none of this. I did it through 3D printing and all this other stuff that I'll have a consultation. I just want to make sure I'm on the right track with it. I know I
1: am. Right. It's just like, yeah, I know you are. I know you are, brother. Okay. I know you are. Um, it is called, where is that bond? I'm trying to find this bond while I'm talking to you. It is uh, a, I went to
3: the law library here and I went to the, um, um, form and pleadings, and I'm looking at um, the statutes that they have. I mean, the pleadings. I mean, the forms that they have, and they was saying that how uh, you can get, um, a plea, um, uh, a gu- get a guilty plea, a get a guilty uh, plea expunged, but not pardoned. And so it's it's real iffy because now I guess it's pushing me to contract because by me pleading guilty, I agreed to.
1: Uh, A guilty plea kills all uh, This is a maxim I got straight out of a law book A guilty plea kills all known and unknown defenses That's exactly how it's stated A guilty plea kills all known and unknown defenses You plead guilty This is why they want guilty pleas Guilty pleas absolve them of liability See anything but a guilty plea they become liable they become liable. That's why ninety-eight percent, what is it, eighty, eighty-five percent, ninety percent of the people in the criminal justice system. This is why they have such a high conviction rate because ninety percent of the people plead guilty. And this is also why they put a system in place to pressure you into pleading guilty. Why they have it where, where, if you go to trial, you plead guilty, I give you two years. You go to trial and give you ten. You know what right, I'm saying? You so
3: you see what I'm saying? Then you argue.
1: Yeah. If I if say no, I'm
3: not. I'm not. I'm not guilty.
1: Well, you're not saying you're guilty. You're doing what is called confession and avoidance. It's called a confession and avoidance plea. Do you know what a confession and avoidance is? Let me let me read no. let me read to you real quick. Let me read to you real quick what a confession and avoidance is. It's a common law okay. plea, but you're a private man. That's what's available to you. It's called a confession and avoidance. And let me pull that up real quick. Go into my uh Dictionary I'm going to come out of a, I'm going to use a 8th edition Blacks Law Dictionary um, To get it And I'll read it to you, you. Right Right Okay, come through the C's right now. CECC
2: conflict.
3: And the reason why I was bringing all that up because I'm trying to get the governor, I'm trying to see how I can box him in to do a part.
1: You understand? Start, and it, and it's start, hard because I I How you're going to do stuff like that is you have to let them know you understand what's really going on, too. It's like, you know, you document the law, you say, okay, look, I understand the jurisdiction. You start with their jurisdiction by revealing it. Because, see, that's what right. the secret is. The whole secret is that the jurisdiction that they're operating under, which is a maritime jurisdiction, so you bring that to their attention. You document how you know that is the, uh, that is the particular situation. It's come to my knowledge that this is a commercial matter. It's in the nature of commercial. The legislature has only been delegated certain authority to adjudicate Commercial matters in their courts Okay so since this is in the nature Of a commercial matter And this is some sort of uh, Creditor and debtor relationship And being that The United States and all their Instrumentalities which would be these States all these 50 states in the Democracy that's why they call it democracy And not a republic Because they like little franchises of the United States all of y'all are in Bankruptcy I as a private Man OK, I'm a creditor and I want this matter settled and closed. Bring, put it in their face, put it in their face and start try. Let me tell you, you ain't going to get a lot of uh, a lot of traction in the public trying to get public remedies on something like that. OK, you got to bring the truth to them. OK, Sent, in, through correspondence and let them know. And then also put the secretary of treasury on notice that this is what you want done because he pays the bills, because as soon as it comes to light that this is a debt. That is, oh, there's only one person that pays the bills, and that's the trustee, which is why we do these processes and set them up so the trustee can pay the bills. The trustee, he no, who that's... has the gold, he who has the gold pays the bills. Makes... They have the gold. Right. They pay the bills. You can't pay for anything. All right? So you have credit. And you, that is in the form of the bond that's on deposit with the Treasury Department. You've notified the Secretary of Treasury that your desire is to do this, and you want this set off. You want this matter cleared. You want compensation, okay? And right, the, definition right. of the, the definition of confession and avoidance, confession and avoidance, a plea in which a defendant admits allegations, right? This is what's called acceptance, Right. for value. Acceptance for value is the commercial terminology. In common law, they call it confession and avoidance. Because everybody will say, well, how can I admit to the facts but avoid you know, the penalty that they're well, trying to put on me? Because they'll tell you in court you can't do that. Okay, well, I have a, it says I have a plea in which a defendant admits allegations but pleads additional facts that deprive the admitted facts of an adverse legal effect. Okay, how do you do that? I am the holds and due course. Here is a third-party intervener making a special appearance as an authorized representative for the defendant. Those are my additional facts that I'm pleading. Okay, let me give you some additional facts. I accept for value and return for value all the charging instruments in this matter. Okay, I'm agreeing to it. I'm not debating. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I accept for value, right. return for value, all the charging instruments in this matter, and make my exemption— Available for discharge of all obligations and charges connected with this case. I'm agreeing to let you use my credit. I'm giving the prosecutor permission to write a check to use my credit to balance the books that the judge is holding. It's not between you and the judge. It's between you and the prosecutor because he's the one that's bringing the charges. The the judge is a hearing officer. He's he's doing an accounting right now, and he's trying to make a determination who's the debtor, who's the creditor, who owes what to who, and whether or not you're going to pay. And they operating off the of silent judi- judicial notice of this fact, and not revealing the true nature of what's going on in these proceedings. All you have to do is look at a Blackford dictionary. And see every term that they use in court has a commercial term associated with it, too.
3: So that wouldn't be considered as fraud in itself. I'm, I'm, it I'm could even be fraud. A lot.
1: Like uh, earlier, we, early in the discussion, we said that if. You wanted to, if there's some sort of procedural defect, which there usually is, because they never uh, explain to you the nature of the of the uh, of the matter. uh, And I watched a lot of of videos on um, YouTube, watching public people try to explain to people what does it mean in the Sixth Amendment when you have a right to know the nature and cause of any of any matter, and they give you this anemic definition. And that's what you gotta watch out for too, watching them YouTube videos, them attorneys and on there trying to tell you now what is the nature of it? There's only four natures, okay? It's common law, okay, it's mm-hmm. admiralty, it's maritime, okay. It's one it's one of those things. All right. So what what which one is it? Okay, and you gotta let me know. Is this equity? Okay, is either law? When we say law, we're talking about common law, okay. Equity, okay. maritime, or admiralty. Okay, it's one of the four things. We know it's not equity because equity is fairness and partiality and even any dealing. You have to invoke equity. It's not right. – and equity is using admiralty too. But it's also – it's not common law because they will tell you that expressly in their law books that they're not utilizing common law. I got all kind of stuff in my law books that tell me that. you don't. And the people ask them it's common law, they'll tell you it's not common law. We're not using common law. Okay, so they're not using right. common law. They're not using equity. The only last two things that are left are Admiralty and Maritime, which are not exactly the same thing. There is something, a a distinction between the two that Bouvier uh, 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 shed some light on, but they're very similar. But we're talking about some sort of contract, because to bring me into this particular – and Maritime contracts deal with creditors and debtors. So now since we're dealing with a creditor and a debtor, this relationship exists, okay, there's some sort of we need some sort of accounting. You know, you can bring the charge, you know, you can, you know, prove fraud by saying, you know, like, for instance, when they don't want to acknowledge what you're doing, you can tell the judge, you know, I request that the judge tell the prosecutor to provide the certified accounting of this matter that gives jurisdiction to this court. Or you have some people that will come in court and they'll say, you know, is this civil or criminal? If it's a contract involved, I produce the contract and put it into evidence. And show me I'm obligated Work. in this particular contract. That's what you hear people saying. You hear people saying all these different things, and what they're doing is they're understanding that it's maritime. It has to be a contract. Why does it have to be a contract? Because they're in the public and in the private, okay. And for them to obtain jurisdiction in an Article One court, there has to be a contract involved, and that contract comes in the form of social security numbers, which are commercial birth certificates. Uh, you working at a job. Uh, you using Federal Reserve notes, uh, you opening bank accounts, all these different things, utilizing benefits and privileges provided by the system. And contracts do not have to be expressed. They can be expressed or implied, even though uh, we have here in Georgia, uh, Jonah Bay brought this uh, to light, that, you know, it says in there that, hey, I have to sign a contract for me to be subject to these things that you're doing. And where's the contract? Okay, it tells you that in, the, you Georgia, in, and in our Constitution. It
3: does. Go ahead. I apologize, brother. I thought you said an implied contract, it doesn't need anything to be signed. It could be a verbal it doesn't. contract.
1: It doesn't. Implied contracts, implied contracts are based off of conduct. You can read that in the uh, in the definition of the word. But I'll read that next. I'll read implied contract after okay. this. Let me finish confession and avoidance. Confession and avoidance, a plea. This is a plea in which a defendant admits allegations but pleads additional facts that deprive the admitted facts, uh, okay, of an adverse legal effect. That's the definition. Everything after that, they're trying to give you some sort of illustration. Okay, for example, a plea of uh, contributory negligence before the advent of comparative negligence uh, was a confession and avoidance, also termed avoidance, plea and confession and avoidance, plea of confession and avoidance. All right, so there you have it. And then after that, you have confession of judgment, which is what they put on all your car contracts. That's why they can come and represent your car without taking you to court. Because in, in every car contract, there's a confession and avoidant uh, confession of judgment clause that you confess judgment okay. already by signing the contract. And they do that on some contracts. You've got to be wary of that. But let me go back now and let's look at um, uh, uh, implied contract. And that, would be on, that should be under contracts. Okay, and we I'm using uh, still using a Black's Law Eighth Edition, and you go to contracts.
3: Okay. What page are you? On? Uh,
1: I'm on page. I'm using the uh, the electronic version. I'm on electronic version. All the dictionaries are at SPC University as well. All the dictionaries.
3: Um. I, I have them from the um, last time when you had
1: your Dropbox. Yeah, all of. I added a lot, I added a lot more. You might want to go over there and look. I added a whole lot. Okay, so right okay. here I'm at contract. Okay, let's see, and we have we have valid contract, strict, uh, void contract, voidable contract, a uh, valid contract. We got all this, but let's get all the way up to, and we got express contract and we got, executory contract, which is a contract which has not been quite fulfilled. And right here we have we you they study we, uh no that's not what it is. Um, when you study uh when you here it is right here, implied in law contract. Okay, implied in law contract, an obligation created by law for the sale of of justice, an obligation imposed by law because of some special <clears throat> relationship between them because of one of them would otherwise Is this it? Wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, Okay, here it is. Implied, in fact, contract. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. A contract that the parties presumably intended as their tacit understanding as inferred from their conduct and other circumstances. The inference that created the contract was your conduct. Something you did. Okay? All right? So... This is what I'm saying. People need to understand all the different forms of contracts that they are. You can be in a contract based off your conduct. This is what minimum contacts come from. Minimum contacts is a contract that is derived from conduct. You engage in some sort of conduct. This is also uh, what um, form versus substance is with the IRS. Okay, they say you formed a trust, but the way you're conducting it, the way you're conducting it, says otherwise. Okay? So you formed right. a trust, but it's being conducted like an association or a partnership. So you know what we're going to do? Okay, there's a deficiency that we need to address. In other words, you ain't been paying taxes. However, corporations are required to pay taxes. So how, how long have you had this trust? Three years? You ain't paid taxes for three years? Well, we're going to go back three years to the beginning when you've been conducting this trust, and we're going to tax you as an association or partnership because that is how your conduct showed us that you were – uh, administering this trust. This is why trust administration is so important. And this is what a lot of these guys don't understand. They don't know what a deficiency is. Okay, a deficiency with the IRS is, hey, we gotta go back, charge you all the money we wasn't getting. You were sitting here operating as a partnership or an association, not no trust. Well it's trust we know what you're saying, but guess what? Actions speak louder than what? Words. Actions speak louder than words, bro I got that from All a right, judge, too I'm not, right, not hold
3: a line Because I, I, I know, I know there's a lot of people That got a lot of questions I'm, I just want, I got one more question I got more, but I'm just going to have this one All
1: The right, judge,
3: it, it was a victim Right, it was a victim I paid back the money Right, but the judge is the one Who, uh, you know, I guess Arbitrary, I mean uh, uh, Referee the whole scenario and I was trying to go back and get his name and everything, but he has retired. So this is why it's hard for me to get the case open back up and all this other stuff. That's why I said I was just going to go straight to the governor and just get him the door. But you're telling me just go straight to the FBI. Well, I mean, you know, um, you can
1: try the government. You know, I'm not telling you don't do that. Uh, but you know, I'm saying, I'm saying when you do write the governor, you need to tell him, you know, what that your understanding of what went on. You know, you got to understand the governor is like the. Uh, uh, Chief Executive Officer of the corporation, okay, which right. is you Let's do need to stress yeah, the state. So you're writing him. Right. And you're letting him know, okay, hey, I want this settled and closed, okay? Settled is one thing. Closed is another. They're settling the matter, but they're not closing it. They're leaving it open, okay? And they're still drafting on it, utilizing it, probably still out there trading on it, okay? And you want that right. stopped. You want that put okay. to a stop.
3: All right, and so just call- i'm i'm gonna contact the f b i get get everything
1: yeah they a, want your fingerprints name. so go to a, like a um a a a, a um u p s store and the u p s stores mm-hmm. they have think they have fingerprinting okay they don't have it at all of them but just find out which one they do it at and okay. go get your fingerprints done first 'cause that's what the uh that's what the uh f b i is going to want and then send them in a Freedom of Information request along with those identifying documents that they're requesting, and they will return everything that they have on you. Okay, it's like a, a, what you're doing is essentially getting a credit report, okay? And it's going to have everything on there that they got about you. You want everything they got. And, it's gonna, and then you start going through there, and then see, because you need those account numbers. Those case numbers are right. account numbers, all right? right? So you need those right. account numbers, and you want those accounts closed. And that's what you're going to direct to the Secretary of Treasury. He has to be able to locate those accounts. So you need those numbers first on everything so, ever happened in your life. So
3: don't go through the comptroller of the state. Go straight to the treasury.
1: You can go through the comptroller. You know who to go. You know how you know who to go through by reading the Federal Reserve Act. Right. The federal The Federal Reserve right. Act is a trust. It's a trust indenture. Okay. Read a trust indenture and then go read the Federal Reserve Act, okay? It's outlining, it's the, it's they're declaring a trust, and then they are allocating the duties of all the offices of it, what they, who, who will do what and what, what will do what. Just read it. The Federal Reserve Act. That's how okay. you know. Because they're in what? Bankruptcy. So they're in bankruptcy. Right, they created right. a, you know, you know what I'm saying? A trust. Check out what they're doing. Yeah. It, it, uh, see, this is the thing that's beautiful about trust. A trust can take on any form, and it doesn't have to be called a trust to be a trust. And they use that to the utmost. You have to understand what a the, trust is to, be, to know you're looking at a trust.
3: Right, brother. I appreciate it, man. Uh, are you still doing consultations, or are you holding off?
1: I, I still doing. I'm still doing. I'm, I'm still doing them. Are you, I'm still doing them. Are you backed up, or? I'm not backed up. Just get in touch with me. Uh, Is it I'm still good to go. Yeah, go to the website. Yeah, brother, I, appreciate solution. You. I got you. Oh, I know okay.
3: you're there. <laughs> I, okay. you. I appreciate you, right. brother, mm-hmm. and thank the family for letting me talk.
1: All right, no problem, brother. All right, peace. Peace, God. All right, let me go over here, 832 3850. You're on the line. What's on your mind?
6: Yo, you spell it's good.
1: Hey, what's happening, bro? What's going on?
6: All oh, good, Shoot, man. Uh, at the end of the day, getting up with you. Uh, hit you up on the website. <clears throat> and uh, down here in Houston, been a long-time listener and have you. And I uh, did my own studies and went on my journey down here, man. And I remember a while ago, you mentioned the fact that you thinking thinking spiritual. Yeah. You know I'm saying? Yeah. It's not just uh It's not just uh, You know, you do your paperwork or what have you, and you know, you understand it now because when that test comes, like a thief in the night, you know yep. what I mean. Like
1: that's when you got to see it. Up that's with, when you. You got to be grounded spiritually in order to withstand the test. This is what I mean. The most beautiful thing that was said in the Bible is in Ephesians chapter six, when um, Paul did say. He said, you know, like, you you got to put on the armor of God, you know, all this type of stuff. People need to go and read that. He said, we're not dealing with yeah. flesh and blood. We're dealing with principalities, evil in high places, you know, what he was talking about and everything. You got to put on the armor of truth. And you got all these different things he was saying. That was some real shit he was saying now. that was, I'm not a big Absolutely. fan of Paul, but that right there, that verse, he spoke the truth on that right there. <laughs> Absolutely.
6: You know what I'm saying? And and you know, and, and you know, like I said, I've been a long time listener. You know what I'm saying, and and you know, p- participator in the, uh, participant in the participant in the webinars and stuff like we first did the trust uh, series and right. what have you. So you know, right. done all of my diligence and you know into the past of Tony King, the Gene Keatings, you know Dave Myerlings, you know J T Bay. So you know, even it, it did my authentication. I've gone through the whole process right. like completely for the most part, outside of the. Uh, uh, you know, letting the the vital statistics know and, you know, things of that nature, but UCC filed all that. But where where I'm coming from in the spiritual aspect of it is and how it comes, that test comes the deep for the night, you know, you can't have certain types of information universally and the test on that information doesn't show up. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a test. If you study studying, if you're getting up on knowledge, there's going to be a test. And right. <laughs> One night, shoot, just a couple of weeks ago, you know what I'm saying, dealing with HPD, got pulled over, you know what I mean? But, you know, knowing what I know now in the law, reading the Uniform Bonding Code and the the Texas Business Code, Motor Vehicle Code, all of these things, knowing where I stand within all of those acts and codes, me as a man, and claiming not just my nationality as an Aborigine or an indigenous American Indian, however, I'm looking at it from the perspective of what you put me on, which was come here. That's what it's all about. It's not – care what your nationality is, man? That's That's political. It's not not the police officer pulling you off.
1: That's a a political question. That's why you see the Moors, they'll say they have my political status. You'll see them put that in their documents, and they're correct in saying that. I'm not saying they're not correct in saying it. They're correct in saying it, but it's not political. This is not there's not they they they're, they're right. talking about something else. It's commerce that we're dealing with right now. It's not a question of p- politics. Right. It's commerce, it's contract, it's dealing with contracts and commerce.
6: Right. So in my situation dealing with H T D, um, it went live. I actually sent you an email on the site, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like I know enough to, you know, do what I need to do. But Maybe, you know what I'm saying, getting into the detail, detail, because this thing went all the way up to the attorney general now, you know what I'm saying, on the HVD side with the internal affairs. So, you know, from wow. the affidavit that I sent in, um, I sent it to the secretary of state. And, you know, like, cause I know the protocol, I know procedure. And, and it's like, yeah, I think you said this before. It's like, man, why are you going to talk to certain people all crazy and wild, you know, that don't know what you're talking about? If you know what you're talking about and you stand on your circle and square at the end of the day, the the truth is going to prevail out of that. Well, yep. in my specific situation, it was, you know, a, a, definitely a racial profiling type incident. And, right. you know, I confirmed with the officer if it was, uh, if his body cam was recording. He was like, yes, it is. And I said, well, is it okay if I, you know, pull out my cellular device and record as well? He said, sure. So, thing is, is that if you are pulling me over for a moving violation, and I'm in a half half the car is in the private side of a driveway, and a, and half the car is in the, the public street, because I was about to back in, and they just pulled up on on the right side of me. Then how is it that you pulled me over for a moving violation, and you don't have them lights on me right now? Well, Andy Griffith and Don Knotts decided to you know push the issue and start to accost me. And basically, you know, I start I call nine one one at that point.
1: Sergeant so came, everything.
6: Thing is, is that it took them the silver bullet to
1: your rights. You know what I'm talking about? Right, I know it. Yeah, that document. Okay, yep. <laughs> okay. I've seen that work three different times, brother. That is a do not. But this detain, time, that's I the got the to see. Do, That's the original do not detain list. Where everybody, everybody started coming out that do not detain list. That's where it came from. That silver bullet to all your right. Rights. I, I've been around well, all this stuff for years.
6: Like, I've gotten, Go I got that from you off top. You see what I'm saying? I got that part from you like three years ago. Right, right. I actually right. did it. And, and it worked. Man, I got pulled over three times, two HPD units and a constable, and they just let me roll. These two clowns decide to push the issue is at night, and I read on the American jurisprudence that in the common law, you're not even supposed to arrest nobody at night or on Sunday, but neither here nor there on this situation. Um, They took my ID card, passport, and nothing came back and it confused the shit out of them. So, like when I say nothing came back, I didn't know what nothing meant until I was handcuffed in the unit. Okay. Still with no okay. charge. They called. they in conclusion with the DA office. Don't have a charge yet. They just say you got 32 tickets. What that mean? That's I don't have a contract with the state for that to be valid, you know? So <clears throat> going on, I got the common law trade copyright on my name. I'm on file with the Secretary of State as well. And right. I'm looking at, I'm in the unit and I'm looking at the actual screen. And the screen for when they swipe my passport was just completely black. Wow. They were seen. So they they
1: arrested drug. you because they 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 arrested you cause they wanted to find out they wanted to detain you to find out some more information. Probably. Well, that's
6: what that's what they did. But the thing is, is that they ended up finding an uh, old warrant again. I don't have a time, I don't have a license with you know the drive. I don't have that's been inv- invalid since or um, expired since 2008. You see what I'm saying? Right. So if it's been expired, and I never got a new one those tickets that you're taking me in on, that's fraudulent. I mean, it's not fraudulent. However, it's, it's it's invalid because I don't have a contract. And I did tender payment for those through my administrative process, but I made a mistake and didn't ask for uh, acknowledgement, request an acknowledgement right. of the, these accounts being, you know, to zero. You see what I'm saying? Uh, zeroed out. Right. Well, they took me in on that and held me 33 hours, saw the judge, set out one of those tickets that they wrote, that they was just like, if you choose to go to court, you see what I'm saying? They just gave it to me, and I accepted it because I was gonna do my process. I was short on cash, so I'm trying to make it happen, you know do the do the tax issue on it well, right, um, what ends up happening is I get into the to the to the city jail, where they take me first, they held me in homicide so I could stay there until Monday. I heard these clowns saying it, and when I saw the city judge got my paperwork that I needed. They held me an additional 18 hours, you know what I'm saying, to go to county. Well, what was confusing to the jailers and everything was the fact that when the DA got in, they just released me. I didn't go to county. I didn't see the judge for interfering with public duties is what they charged me with, you know what I'm saying? so next day I'm released. They have have to give you something.
1: They have to give you some kind of charge to uh,
6: detain Right. Yeah. 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 And they, but the thing is, is that they were like interfering with public duties. That what did you do? You know what I'm saying? You killed somebody, and I was like, "What you mean killed somebody?" So they're holding you in homicide, and I'm like, "Come on, man. You know, does it look like I killed somebody right now? If I'm telling you all this other stuff about I got a common law copyright, what you mean?" <laughs> so
1: the thing is, common law copyright is real, man. I had I had a sheriff yeah. come to me. And say it, you know what i'm saying it, this was a this was a uh, a sheriff uh a uh, a a uh, uh well who was he he was a um you know I got arrested, I was helping somebody in court, and uh it was a foreclosure case. we were going in there on a the foreclosure and there was a it was an uh, unlawful detainer and I got into an argument with the judge in court, and I was helping this lady because he told me to sit down. And when he told me to sit down, I started walking out the courtroom and he said, Hey, hey, didn't I tell you to sit down? I Say, hey, say, man, you'll tell me. I said, Who are you talking to? I'm not even a part of this case. Don't tell me to sit down. I said just like yep. that. I said it just like that. I said, very disrespectful. I said, Who are you talking to? Yep. Okay, so he got nervous because cause he had said earlier, he said, it's a shame that public service gotta tell private citizens what to do. He had made that statement.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So when he came and told me to sit down, I'm like who but when I and then he said, Well, I'm about to charge you with contempt. I said as if it's civil or criminal. When I said that he got silent, he had this look of fear on his mm. face, and then one of the and then one of the sheriff deputies walked over and said, Sir, sir, at, uh they didn't grab me or anything like that, but it kinda like directed me to the side door where, you know, where they arrest people, they take you know in the courtroom where they got that side door where you go, uh they take you to. Yeah. So he took me. So he took me back there, and then there was a brother who uh, who was arresting me, and he was saying, "I need to take off your shoes and your belt." I said, "I'm not taking off anything." He said, "You don't have no choice." I said, "Yes, I do." I said, "Go get your supervisor." All right, so he goes to get his supervisor, and for some reason, they, I think they were they were already kind of like, "Man, who is this cat?" And um, so he didn't argue with me. He went straight and got his supervisor. And an older white gentleman came, and he was so respectful to me. He said, um, sir, because I was in a suit. I was suited up. I was in a suit. Mm-hmm. I had my leg, I was sitting down waiting for him to come. I was sitting on the bench with my legs crossed, uh, you know, reading and everything like I wasn't worried about nothing in the world. And uh, he came up. He walked up to me, and he said, um, he said, sir, the first thing that I want to say to you is that I, we are public servants, and we're here to serve you. This is verbatim what he said to me. I'll never forget what he said. Mm-hmm. He said, um, "The first question I want to ask you is, is your name copyrighted?" Fucked me up. Fucked me up. <laughs> the first thing he said. This is in Gwinnett. Anybody want to know where we're at? We were in Gwinnett, uh, the county of Gwinnett here in Georgia, and in their courthouse during foreclosure. And I said, um, "And I said, and this is what I said to him. I said, I said that's very astute of you." I said, yes, it is. He said, well, okay, well, the next thing I want to ask is can I get some personal information from you? And then I said, no, you already have my name, and you have too much information, and that's too much information. And he said, "Um, Hmm. well, sir, we have you back here detained, and we have some insurance concerns that we have to address. And then I said— Well, you wouldn't have any insurance concerns if you didn't have me back here illegally and unlawfully. Y'all don't have no right to have me back here in the first place. He said, Okay, okay, okay. Sit tight. I'm gonna go out and talk to the judge and I'll be back. He left. I sat there probably probably about 30 minutes, because what was happening is the judge was getting rid. They had a full courtroom of people and unlawful detainer. When he came back, he said, Okay, the judge will see you now. He said, but I have a suggestion for you. Be nice. That's what he told me, to be nice. So I walked out. Mm -hmm. When I walked out, they had five sheriff deputies. The courtroom was clear. The only person that was there was the Hispanic lady. She's on my Facebook. I can get her. I ought to see if I can get her on the show and see if she'll co-sign everything I'm saying because she was the person I was helping, and she's a friend on my Facebook. She's an Hispanic lady. And um, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I said... uh, so they brought me back out, and man, and, man, it seemed like they were. They wanted me to stand in a certain spot in front of the judge. You know, he was sitting up on the bench, stood right before him. Uh, this is in front of the tables and everything. You know, the tables where you sit in court. Uh, we, I'm standing in right. front of those tables. They got, like, five officers, and they are are all around me in a circle, like a five-pointed pentagram. All right? they standing around me like hmm. a five-pointed pentagram, like five sheriff deputies. Okay, and the judge told me, he said, um, he said, uh, Mr. Jones, he said, uh, I could charge you with contempt, and we can go back and forward with this for the next 10 days. So he let me know how long he could hold me for contempt. And it tells you that in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, that they will hold you for 10 days, you know. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. It tells you this. He said they will arrest some of you and cast you in the prison and hold you there ten days. Think about the book of Revelation, all right? So I said, he said, he said, he said, I can hold you for ten days, and we can go back. I guess what he meant back and forth. He said I'm gonna bring you into the court every day until you until you apologize to me. That's what he because all he wanted was an apology, all he, for saying what I said in front of all those people. And he said I don't want you. To say anything else, all I want you to say is number one. All I want you to say is number one or two. One, you apologize. Two, you don't. Just say one or two. Don't say nothing else. And I didn't like how he was still trying to control me. So I, so I said, because you know this a saying you don't never follow the directions of the judge. So I said, um, yes. I'm sorry, sir. What was your name again? Because the most powerful questions that you can ask these people is what is their name, all right? Give me your name. Because you need a name to put on a lien, to put on a charging instrument, or whatever you're going to do, you need a name. So that's why they hide yeah. things and everything. What is your name? When I asked, when I said that, I, I did it to him and threw him off. And he I saw this look of fear come across his face. Then he caught himself. He said, well, okay, since you're not going to do it, and then I said, ah, okay, okay, I choose number one. I choose number one.
5: <laughs> I chose right, number yeah. one.
1: And, they, you know, because I ain't finna, you know, go back and all he, all he wanted is an apology. You know, i get the hell up on out of there. But I was letting him know. And then after I did that, I told him. I said, you know what? I said, we would not have to have gone through this if you wouldn't have let me on the case. Because before the case, I asked him. I said, look, I'm not a party to this case, but this lady don't speak English very well. Is it okay if I stand up here with her and go back and forth? And, and he said, yeah, fine, because he was pissed off that he wanted to know who was drafting these pleadings, challenging these foreclosures. Yeah. And I had challenged it, and he was asking her, well, who wrote it for you? And, and all she was saying, I don't speak English. I don't speak English. So then he asked, <laughs> who wrote this? I said, I said that's not germane to this case. We're not here to talk about who wrote anything, okay? It's filed, Okay. And then that's when he told me to sit down, and that's when I went to go walk out, and then we got into the argument. So then that's when I came back, and I told him, I said, look, we didn't even have to go through all of this. If you don't want me on this case, all you had to do is tell me no. And he just looked at me, and then I turned around and walked out. When I walked to the back of the courtroom to go out, the doors were locked, and the phone rang at the desk, and he picked up the phone and put it to his ear and didn't say a word. And just listen, whoever was on the phone was talking to him. And all of a sudden the doors popped open and then I, I walked out. That's exactly how it went down. And it was based off of, is your name copyrighted? And I'm telling all of y'all this. I didn't think that copyright yeah. really had any type of, um, you know, I'm like, okay, you copyright your name. Because, you know, you see these arguments where people say, well, do you have a right to copyright the name? in a uh, common law copyright mm. and things like that because it's a common law copyright is what it is and they say, well, it's not your right. property you can't cop-. Well, what you're doing is you're copywriting your private name that's your property your name that your mother gave right. you at birth is your property motherfucker what are you talking about I can't copyright my exactly. name so that was the only that happened to me so I'm passing it on to all of you copyright your fucking name and that is
6: that's that's
1: Listen, let me tell you something. That is why the only book that I feel is the best book out of all the cracking co- cracking the code series is the number three. I kind of think number four and number five was to throw people off. I, I really hmm. sincerely because that whole process in there is putting a lien on people based off of violations of your copyright. Right, I'm telling you. Right. I I'm telling you, man. Right. So business, and, that's why, and that's why I
6: sent you that email, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew, like, I sent you that email through the site because, I, like, I hadn't, you know, I've been, you know, just grinding, you know, in the business side, outside of this private stuff, you know, and what I do for income. But um, um, I hadn't been to the site since you, you know, did this new one. I was like, okay, I see you done upgraded on them bars. But um, at the end of the day, I was like, well, let me just shoot the email out and see. But what has transpired since me sending you that email to now is just so interesting, man. Like i walk in the HPD, a few officers giving me like them daggers, you know what I'm saying? And then a few of them like, uh, uh, Hey, sir, how you doing today, sir? Like, you know, just real respectful and it everything. You're very and respectful. You want-
1: and that's what I tell people. When you start sending your correspondence, um, at first, it may appear like nothing is happening, but something is happening between the behind the scenes. And they start treating you yeah. differently, giving you more respect. And they won't say what it is, but you'll see that right. there'll be a change. You come court one, one court one day, judge cussing you out, come in the next day. Ah, oh, Mr. Jones, how you doing today? <laughs> you know, and all that. But right. I'm going to tell you right. there was a guy, there's a guy, and I always remember this. I always remember this. He said, if you're a real sovereign, he said, they don't fuck with real sovereigns. He said don't he said you got fake sovereigns out there, but a real one they ain't fucking with. Okay. Right. Like you know, I, you know the the, you, the, okay?
6: the sergeant the sergeant that came to the to the to the scene, he looked at that ID passport card and you know, those that you know may listen to this later, man, that shit is real. He looked at it, didn't know what the hell it was and was like, Hey, uh, this could be a forgery. I said, Man, you claiming that the United States government issue ID is a forgery? So literally, I was literally at the domicile by the back in, how they came up on me. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man, I'm domiciled right there in the back. You go get my common law. She'll come out and show you my passport book. Bro, I'm already in the unit, handcuffed at this point. You see what I'm saying? They still, but right. he ain't real and all this other stuff. And they making up charges in my common law. She heard what they were saying while they were saying they're trying to figure out how to charge me. You know, and I'm like, man, these niggas, are some clowns. These officers, some of them are intelligent,
1: respectful. Because they're some of them
6: are just some bumbling fucking idiots.
1: Okay, because because they have to have charges to make money. That's how they make money. A charge is a lien, and that's how they that's how they create revenue for the municipality. So they and they want to do it primarily right. off of you know uh, you know what they feel they feel. Here's how they feel. Okay. They feel if you're not a taxpayer, okay, an attorney told me this, okay, when you're not a taxpayer, you are not, they don't like to fuck with taxpayers, just like people will say, well, they don't arrest businessmen. The reason they it's a hard to arrest these billionaires and people like that is because they provide industry, and the SEC right. will tell them, do not fuck with our businessmen, okay, okay? They don't fuck with them because they provide a, a industry and revenue. Why would you fucking cut off your fucking feet? You gotta. I want people to understand right. this. Okay, this is why I'm telling people to get businesses and to start engaging in commerce and doing things like this because it gives you a different status. We are dealing with commerce, business. Yeah. Okay. Taxes. Okay. Revenue for the state. Okay. If you're not producing anything, you're you're considered something of a public charge. In other words. You're not doing anything. You're not giving us any money. You're not a taxpayer, so we not get something out of you. And the only way we can get something out of you is to charge you for something. Okay, this is what's going on, and this is why they fuck with people and hunt people down and all of this. And they instructed, you know, write tickets. You can tell when the uh, damn sergeant and told them to go out and write tickets because you drive around town, police out every fucking where. At the end of the month, because they are making yeah making revenue for the state. And this is what this is all about. Don't don't get confused. This is a debt. Co- they are in the business of creating obligations because that is where value comes from. If somebody owes somebody something, there is a debt that is established. There is a creditor and a debtor relationship that is established. And creditor and debtor relationship, a law applies to any relationship where a creditor and debtor relationship has been created. And whether they tell you that or yes. not. And I got that out of Georgia code on uh, the creditor and debtor law. It tells you that under the principles, which is which is really admiralty. They won't call it admiralty. You won't find admiralty really nowhere in your state codes, but they're using it. All you got to do is study admiralty, and you'll be able to locate it in your creditor and debtor law. That's what creditor and debtor law is, admiralty. That's what it is. Admiralty. And then let, let me – let, let me share this
6: with you real quick because I know you got other calls and stuff. I would like to, you know, see if I could get up with you, you know what I'm saying, after, you know, uh, um, not necessarily after the show, but whenever you get a chance to, you know, either consult with you or just kind of give you the details of the situation. I'd have been to three lawyers, all three of them, and all uh, unfortunately all three of them are uh, female, our sisters, and neither one of them understood anything that I was talking about. The elder of them was like, You know, I've heard things like this before, but
1: man, that's I, you are over my head. Are you a lawyer? <laughs> I was like, no, okay, well, I'm not well, a lawyer. Well, I just let you yeah, off. I've been asked, yeah, I've been asked that question many times. And you got to understand the attorneys are not um, instructed in this, they are ignorant of these things. They are only taught in college procedure. They are taught. Just like anybody who has a public education is only taught information of how to sustain the public. When you go to college, they teach you how to become an employee. That's it. You're not getting any other type of education. All right, all right. Everything in the you gotta understand because public education is government funded. Why would the government fund you an education that would do anything but help them maintain their system? So when lawyers, these people, they call it lawyers today, they're not studying law. They are studying procedures that operate in a system to help the system make money. That's what they're taught in law school. They're not taught real law per se. And I got, I have damn uh, 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 law reviews. And the thing you need to do is start reading law reviews because what the law reviews are, some of these college students, they be going to law school and they start questioning things. And we'll put it in a law review. That's what law <laughs> reviews are. It is where people in yeah. school are reviewing the law and asking questions. Okay, well, like, okay, yeah. well, what is this right here and everything? That's what law reviews are. You'll see them, they'll put it, but then they'll come out of college and graduate and forget all of that stuff. But you read the law reviews, you'll see it. They're they in college because, see, they haven't, been, they haven't been programmed yet. So they're in school questioning mm. things. They say, okay, I'm going to review this law. What is what it is, a law review. They're reviewing the law. Even this thing with yeah. uh, the passport. I read a law review and it's saying the passport is unconstitutional. How are you going to prevent somebody from traveling?
6: Right. Well,
1: I, it's and, and this is the point. My boy my boy,
6: my, my boy, boy made a, um, an interesting comment. He said, well, if it's the silver bullet to your rights, you still got arrested. And I was like, yeah. And I also told them that this is why you it's not fee, the this is only... Have,
1: this, this is why you have fee schedules and you give them notice of it. Exactly. Fee
6: exactly. Exactly. Fee and says, that's what I told them. I said, you know, when you got Batman, he was a superhero, but he had more than one utility in his utility belt. You don't just depend on right. one weapon. They have handcuffs, they have guns, they got tasers, and then they get trained in certain hand-to-hand combat depending on their level. You, you see,
1: see what I'm right. saying? So hey, those I got, are different I got utilities. Y'all... Y'all all know I got two very good friends who are in law enforcement, one with GBI and one with uh, uh, the uh, the sheriff department. And they, you know, they cool brothers and everything. But, you know, their life is about going to the gun range, getting training and shit. I see what I'd be seeing. What's up? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a different mentality that you're dealing with. They got a different mentality. Exactly. And and their hiring procedure. I found this out. They don't want people. You know, they got to go through some sort of psychological evaluation, and there's only a certain type of person that they hire for those particular jobs. And they're usually people who are good exactly. at following instructions, which is why a lot of ex-military go into those type of jobs, and people who aren't go- who are going to follow, uh, follow directions without question. And they don't know the law. They only know procedures. See, they've been, they've been given a procedure to follow. Because the procedures are put in place so there aren't any constitutional violations. That's why they have procedures. So they're trained in procedure. Their procedure that they learn is what they can do in arrest, what questions they can ask, all these different things right here. But it's procedural. So, like, for instance, I saw um, a situation where I think somebody got beat. Yeah, somebody got – yeah, a a guy had beat a black girl at a public school, and it, it made big headlines. Okay, the officer got fired, but the, but the uh, sheriff told why he got fired. He didn't get fired for beating the girl. He got fired for not following the correct procedure.
6: Right. Right.
1: Understanding. And that's why, I,
6: and and that's why I wanted to chop it up with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, at a later date to get deeper into it, not on air because certain things, I, you know, I'm just, you know, I know now, you don't just go on, you know, live with it, but you know, in a private, but, just to add this real quick before I let you go, the officer, one of the officers, and into what you're saying right now, he said, okay, so you wanted them. We had this class before. Ah, oh, what is it called? Uh, uh, the Sovereign, uh, and I said, citizen? And he said, yeah, yeah, sovereign, citizen. You wanted them? I said, no. Nah. And I handed him my affidavit of identity and uh, truth and fact and reservation of rights and then my passport to identify myself and who I'm here to see. Man, dude ended up about a week later taking me out to eat. And because he wanted to know more, he felt like if officers could, you know, understand better a person I like wish myself, and maybe.
1: I wish they would because, <laughs> see, they're giving a lot of propaganda. They keep referring back to this Jerry Kane incident. That's the only incident they can refer back to. They say sovereign citizens are dangerous. First thing they show is the Jerry Kane incident. That's the only incident that doesn't happen. All right. Yeah. You know, and then they'll talk about the Montana Freeman. I posted that on my internet. They talked about the Montana Freeman, that is propaganda. Go and listen to the Montana Freeman tell what really happened in that situation. Okay? This yeah. dude, it, was a, it was a tax yeah, case. That. It was a tax case. Okay? And, dude, you know, he, he came back. They fucking with him and everything. And they killed his damn wife. And, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, yeah they picked up guns. Holding the baby. Yeah, Holding the up baby. Guns. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? What would you do? Hey, motherfucker, y'all crazy! Right. I just killed my damn wife and everything. They picked up guns, what like they're supposed to do? Right, because that's what guns right. are for—to protect you. Gun rights are for, for for to protect you from the police. Ice Cube, uh, I mean Ice T, made a statement on an interview. Yeah, me. Yeah, right, they, yeah. they say guns, and he and, and see a lot of old people know that. See, they try to make this gun thing now, where oh, right, you know, what do you need this gun for? Motherfucker, the Constitution protects your right to have arms so we can take back the government in case y'all become just spotted. Y'all don't need to be the only motherfucker. It tells us we have the right to take back the government. Now, how the fuck are we going to do that if we're not armed?
6: Well, you know, and I think that raises a different question, too. Well, not a different question. Another question is, okay, who is he talking to? Now, when you know that's public and private, they got to be talking to the U.S. citizen. They can't be talking to everybody.
1: They, gotta they be are talking to the people that they
6: have jurisdiction they are over.
1: Talking to, they, are, they are talking to the U.S. A very good observation. That is exactly who they're talking to. They ain't talking to the private citizen. They're talking to the U.S. citizen. Every listen, everything they do is talking to the U.S. citizen. They don't never address the private people. Yeah. They only talk to the yeah. U.S. citizens. And that's why yeah. they don't understand so, a lot of this stuff. They don't even understand it. They don't understand it because they're not introduced to it. they don't understand privacy. I had a police officer not too long ago. I was sitting down having a conversation with, and we were discussing entering someone's house. I said, "Brother, you can only enter someone's house unless you've got a compelling public interest." He said, "You're correct." I said, "I know, I'm correct. You have no right to come in You don't have no mm-hmm. right to come in, in anything private unless that private person is doing something that is adversely affecting the public. This is why I try to tell people a uh, difference in, in public and private. you got to understand that as long as you remain in the private and do everything private, John Wick, watch the movie John Wick. <laughs> watch it yeah. and understand everything they doing in that whole movie was private. The,
0: mm-hmm.
7: first
1: Federal, the first time you see Federal Reserve notes in the movie, he burnt that shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burn that shit
1: up. They were dealing with gold and silver. Somebody got murdered. They yeah. called somebody privately, paid them in gold, took care of it. They did not involve the public in any of their yeah. concerns, whatsoever. Exactly. Check it out. And that's what's so I cold said. about
6: the whole. And that's what's so cold about this whole process. You know, the common law. You know, copyright on your name, your uh, your 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 passport uh, without your social you know what I'm saying, like, all of these different things, like, I got all of my proof laid out, but just, this, you know, in this case right here, I think what in the situation that I'm in right here, I think that um, it would be, it may be advantageous for a person of your, you know, intellect and knowledge, you know, just throwing it out there. Uh, okay, I'll look at it. I mean, you want me to be... look at
1: it? I'll look at it. Well, well, no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm sure. just talking
6: about, I'm, not, I'm talking about not just from that, just from a webinar perspective of there's a difference oh, okay. between malicious prosecution and false imprisonment. You see what I'm saying? And right. in, when I got into that, to see that and, like, my paperwork that I'm getting ready to the package, I'm sending over to the DA with my invoice for my time that they uh, uh, deprived me of. I'm putting That's right. the paperwork. You
1: have the invoice. Yeah.
6: You the invoice. I, I already invoiced the... the chief of police. Actually, the chief of police already got that issue. I just got to go to the DA, you know, to cover all the base real quick, you know, because the DA, it was in collusion with the DA office. They had me handcuffed while they was on the phone trying to call the DA to get the charge. You see, I'll get the tickets, whatever. I know it's something. So, in, yeah. in the uniform bond he told when it comes to racial profiling, all the person, the suspect, whatever needs to say is I don't consent. And I just kept saying that, and there, that's all throughout the paperwork. So, anyways, and that's all on the
1: body cams.
6: That's all on the nine one one call.
1: You, yeah, see what I'm saying? you know, so you need to probably you need to probably invoice risk management too. Yes, yeah, yeah. It makes sense to you me. That's like, what well, Houston, Houston,
6: uh, Houston, they. I actually risk management here, but they told me that internal affairs is risk management in Houston.
1: Okay, well, you know, if that's it, that's it. I would call internal affairs yeah. and, and ask them that. Okay, are you the person that's responsible for ensuring your public uh, your public employees? Okay, yeah. Do you got do you hold do you do hold the public hazard bonds on these particular employees? Just ask them a direct question like that. Are you the entity that is responsible for the public hazard bonds of all your employees? Yes or no.
6: Right, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that to clarify because when I send this over to the DA, I'll be sending this over today. A couple of hours after we hang up here, Cause that, and I just wanted to keep
1: that,
6: you abreast of what's going because on you, because the officer, because
1: yeah, you, because mm-hmm. you, cause you, 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 you're invoicing the attorney, but the person who's going to pay it out is going to be their insurance. Yeah.
6: Gotcha. Got gotcha. you, because the uh, even the officer was like, man, stay in touch with me. I want to see how this turned out, man. Because you, man, wait, wait a minute. You have a, a a passport that nothing came back on you. You got a common law copyright, and you say you're the executor of your estate, and you not the name. Oh, Jack,
1: I gotta see what happened with this. <laughs> and let me ask you, this. Your, <laughs> you know, your your pa- your passport was issued by the government. you you wouldn't got it from the government on that silver bullet, as a national. Yeah. Is that what happened? Okay. Non citizen, non citizen, national.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And okay. you know, and then I I back them up with what we learned on the webinar with the affidavit of identity and reservation of uh, rights. I back did back that up as well. So you know, I I have that my long form and my uh, because I'm you know the authentication aspect of my long form, but I didn't have it with me that night. What which was so cold with it is that how we talk about the spirit and if we just let spirit understand the spirit invoking spirit. To be covered with the knowledge. That night, I was just coming back from the store. That's it. Went and got some guards, some rappers, you know what I'm saying? And came back to the crib and uh, to the house and, uh, excuse me, the domicile. And these motherfuckers pulled me over, but I was working on the family trust that night. I'm working on the indenture, you know what I'm saying? And just so happened to be working on the part that's talking about how the trustees can, you know, set off and discharge, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, damn, they just picked the right nigga tonight.
1: Ah man that's <laughs> Well that's a test. You gotta be able to test it. because uh, when you get tested, it confirms your knowledge of that you're doing the right thing. And then thing. it goes so back, to the clouds, it go back to the
6: clouds go back to the clowns that it go back to the clowns that be calling in, you know what I'm saying, trying to, you know, start some type of a uh, controversy on you know on the show, debating your information. It's like a lot of big bulk of what I've done has come through you. I've learned and I've studied others that you mentioned and then you know i went on my own research because i want to be the next nigga out there helping people you know what i'm saying get their freedom and stand up for their rights yeah cool right but damn dog like why is you sitting up here with this frivolous bullshit type, debating something that's irrelevant at the end of the day because the real cause of the matter is is that people walk out their house and they have subject to go to jail right then
1: that's right
6: because you got 60 that's million right. statutes none of them hardly you know and they got your ass. That's so, right. So now, people need, the people need to know that, but shit, those with it is, let them hear. Those that eyes, let them see. That ain't for everybody. All, all, it, uh, it, it, It's in the Bible, too, you know, not to thump on that, but shit is that all the people ain't going to be able to see the land of milk and honey, man. You're not going to be able to see the kingdom like that. Not everybody. That's right. So.
1: That's right. At
6: the end of the day, As man, you know, we, we all, building all our tower, world Bible, baby.
1: <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, all we can do is we can just put out information and allow people, you know, don't believe anything we're saying. Go find out for yourself. Yeah. All right. Uh, and it, okay, might, and bro- it might look like you going to jail for it. <laughs>
6: uh, but yeah, hey, I'll brother, get up with
1: up. you, man. i tell I'm gonna tell you the best way to really reach me is um when you if, if you join SBC University, there's a free option to join. We have a message mm-hmm. thing just like Facebook. Just like Facebook. Uh, you send the instant messages on Facebook. That's the best way to reach me. Yeah. I'm always on my website working on the website. And if you just want to send me a message, that's the best way to reach me because yeah, that's the fastest way to get the quickest response is through doing that. Gotcha. Will okay. Do. Will do. Yes, sir. All right. Peace to the God. Okay, man. All right. Peace, God. All right. All right, y'all. That was a, you know, that was a real good call right there. That was very informative, you know. Oh, that was good information. Good, I, you know, I learned something on that call. I, learned, let me tell you, I always like it when my callers come in and I get enlightened on something. Let's go to 917 area code 0625. You're on the line. What's on your mind? 917 area code. Unmute your phone. 0625. Okay. I get. 917 area code. Going once. Going twice. Going three times. 917? But I heard him. All right, guess not. Hey. All right, y'all. Well, it was a good, 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 good call today. I'm going to end the show right now. Tomorrow, I will be back on for part two of this series of creditors and their bonds. We're going to continue the reading. Uh, if you want to see that document, you can go to my Facebook group. Uh, it's the High Frequency Radio Facebook group. You can go over there and join. We have documents over there, all these documents you see, they're there. They're also located uh, at the SBC University website. As I said, there is a free option and there's also an option. The free option, you're not gonna get to see a lot of videos or anything like that. I have, if you get the silver option, you will get access uh, to our archive library of videos. I do have a option where I allow you to join for $5 for one day, okay? And so you can kind of see what is going on for $5. And then after that is $25 a month. It is worth it. It is a value. Uh, there's a yearly membership for $250. We have access to all of this information for the entire year. Okay. We well, don't have to worry about monthly payments or anything like that. Uh, there's a credit card option and a PayPal option on the website as well. I spent a lot of time putting it on there to people complain. I don't want to do PayPal. So i put a credit card option on there as well. But anyway, that is it for me today i want to thank all of you for tuning in today um i appreciate you i appreciate all my audience and uh make sure that you are competent enough to handle your own commercial affairs my name is Yusuf. Vail. this is high frequency radio peace to the gods and i will see y'all what is that um what is tomorrow? On the 16th. Okay, I'll see y'all on the 16th. Peace, God. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Yusuf L. on the Baddest Radio Network on the planet,
8: High Frequency
7: Radio. Cause, 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 cause high, frequency. High, frequency. high Frequency. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sync up. Sync up. Sync up. Already. Already. Yay. I get up with the frequency each and every morning Thanks, practice, gratitude, commence brainstorming Live awake, excited, new day, new already. PSA, courtesy of JRE and Scott Free Too many folks shallow, scared to drown in the deep end and I ain't pointing fingers, best believe I was one of them The pain I was
9: numbing in, self-inflicted punishment The streets I was running in led me to consciousness Yes, they can steal my clothes But can't block my shine, baby, you see my glow Now I live in the light, radiating love Sun, you're a star as below, so above Am I too metaphysical? Are you over-analytical? So many situations get critical I'm a warrior, survivor is an understatement Started
7: subterranean, now we in the cosmos on some Milky Wavy shit. Sun kissed, melanin rich, health is wealth. We live abundant, connected with the oneness. I'm off my dumb shit. I bring to you substance, more specific. Life is synchronistic, all is energy. Fact over fiction when I rap. That high frequency, yeah we are that. Sync with the most divine. Catch contact,
4: physicality beyond that. High frequency, we are that. Mind over matter. Starts not. Yeah, yeah. Gathered from stars, co-created, spiral up No yeah. to heaven or hell can yeah. you leave a trail to higher no polarities The vibrations, yeah. they all ran from day to day just hoping, yeah. Going through the motions, yeah Staring at the doors, who could ever get this open uh-huh. Till I uncovered the secret to keeping it real I got in touch with my soul, the fan, my frequency filled We playing, follow the leader, the leader ain't going nowhere That's why I'm living my life with a sovereign mind All I want in this world is to spread love and greatness to you using my music for we out of time. So for the divine, I'm doing my due diligence Giving some peace to views that's too militant Uh Doing it different, I got purpose and position Feel the vibration, transmission is the mission Need you to listen to these words, my dude I swear my third eye got a bird's eye view And do you want to sync up, cause I do Surfing this wave, follow as we ride through All is energy, fact, over fiction when I rap. rap That high frequency, yeah we are that sync with the most divine catch contact physicality beyond that High frequency we are that mind over matter thoughts not scattered co-stars co-creating spiral up no latitude heaven or hell is in you leave a trail the higher low polarities the vibrations they are rare and marinate, cause this is very great to every state, the burden on my back, well I carry weight, high frequency, high power, free spirit, talking to the man upstairs and yeah, he hear it, man I'm riding the wave, it's five of the days, when we sparked up that was the light of the haze, but now I'm synced up. Yeah, my drink's up, am I drinking again? Well, you know, yeah, the gig's up, freedom ain't free, believe them, they not me. The oppressor knows my melanin rich, and I'm scot-free, that means I got away. B.S., not today, stop and say we good, okay, no more drops today. This the high frequency, they gon' feel this, still with optimism, but still, I'm the realist. they gon' feel this, yeah, real quick, bring the chorus in. That's real
8: all shit. All energy
7: fact, fact. Over fiction when I rap. rap. That high frequency, yeah, we are that. Sync with the most divine. Catch contact. Physicality beyond that high frequency, we are that. Mind over matter. Focus. Stars not scattered, co-stars, co-creating, spiral up. No latitude, heaven or hell. sin in you. Leave a trail, the higher and no polarities, the vibrations, they are real. Yeah. Radio, yeah, we are there. Peace, brother Paul Savage. You already know you are locked in, tuned in live. High frequency radio, radio, radio. Sync up, sync up, sync up, sync up, sync up, sync
6: up, sync up. Contribute, say something. You want me to say something?
2: I'll say something. You. You people. You're not a race. You are a virus. You destroy the world. Everything beautiful, you poison. You drag us from our homes. You rape our daughters, murder our sons. You crack our spines and do all you can to break our will. You stab us. Then you put the knife in our hand and tell us it's our fault. And if you don't do it yourself, you stand by, close your eyes, and pretend there's nothing wrong. And then you pray to your God to silence our screams so that you can enjoy the happiness that we built for you with our blood. But it's not your fault. It's the only way you know how to be. And the only thing that will change anything is if another virus comes along and does to you what you do to us. And I hope that happens very soon.
8: Retire. Real talk, real people, real radio, high frequency radio to talk to y'all for a minute.
0: Praise be the Lord.
8: you serious for a minute. Leave. And it is, why they call me the God MC, the lyricist, trace this stab to the roof, some genesis, the world wonder, I'm still standing like paperless, design so vivid, every brick, it got a story to tell, my mind flew different like a hieroglyphic, mind prolific, infinite, like mathematics, the first language to add that, and add graphic, go ahead, then will let the blocks know it's the gospel, life's you manual, so watch close, and with Michael Angelo or Pablo Picasso, Casco, the dead is stolen with high and by flow. Even my lyrical metaphysical, with this, it's it helps to get to this spiritual pedestal. You find your mind too far fetched for it to fathom. I bring the darkness to the light. To Adam. It's like watching a big bang, they re emerge. I take titles, spawn them to a billion words. They want
9: a clear view. When the ball in the darkest corners calling the universe to a cone and AU. A battle and get a barrel. Stay
8: blamed up. for not play. A modern day king Tut rap tight, fast like I've been preserved in time. Spit the holy water to touch it, to turn it to wine. It's the call. From paradise to holy hell Probably descendants of the holy grail Another part of history they won't reveal Time to only tell you waited for judgment It came in the form of a dove in a game To create a composition It's blood in my vein The chemical is identical We one of the same With seven letters in all three of my government names all song border. No, nah, neighbor to Jesus is the parable to make followers and readers believers from Egypt to Budapest. Rock him as the truest left. Understand the scriptures like the menace to Lewis F. I chose you who You ignore me like most the prophets. Jesus, Solomon, Abraham, Moses, and Muhammad. I told the scholars would fulfill the broken promise. I speak the I the future like Nostradamus, And revelations. I'm in my clothes. confid, the seven spirits of God. When I open the seal and turn the holy Quran, these words of God, translated to law, and decode the Bible. All the elders in the mosque made songs and the laws. The seven churches, synagogues, the synagogues in the Bronx, like the Messiah, rocking the law, about to reveal a bigger secret than time. in the God.
0: Holy you. God, God.
5: you are you are like you are like you are like you are like you are listening to high frequency radio. I, 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 I have oh. a high frequency radio. Yo, I'm your host, Excuse- <laughs> you, you, <sir. Me-o>. <laughs> you, Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Natural Long Hour, y'all. Natural law, our y'all. Natural law, our y'all. Edition of the Natural Long Hour, y'all. Natural Long Hour, y'all.
3: Get into some good, good esoteric
0: discussions.